Hey there, guys. This is Justin from the Main Attraction Podcast. So you're probably wondering why you're getting a midweek episode. You probably listened to our Sunday episode and heard that we had recording difficulties, that we lost our episode on succession, and that we were very despondent and downtrodden about it. So we have good news. Uh, when I opened up my computer on Monday night to do some work, for some reason, it recovered some files, and our Succession podcast was on there, so that is the reason why we were bringing the podcast back to you on Wednesday night when we didn't think we would be able to. So, uh, we were excited. We're extremely excited. Uh, there is one little glitch in it at the end, and I'll explain this a little bit more, so I'll, probably, I'll just wait and uh, tell you more about that when we get to the end. So, uh, But there is one little glitch, and I'm gonna, uh, I'll be back with you to explain just a little bit about what that glitch covered and what we'll be covering next week as well. So. Like I said, we hope you enjoy this podcast, and we will see you next week. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strong. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, a man who knows how many Gregs it takes to make a tomlet, Ryan Nelson. Justin, sometimes I like to get on the dance floor and get the demons out like Shiv Roy. <laughs> and when I do, I want all bangers all the time. That's right. She was getting those demons out at, at, at uh, Kendall's 40th birthday yes. party. She was definitely doing all that. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast since we started a few months ago, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoyed as we talk about the massively successful HBO television show, Succession. If you are new or a regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page at Patre- and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can go get patron-only content. You can support us at a $3, $5, 10 or $20 level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show, just like our most recent patron, a man who knows Ryan, but would like to go by an alias, at least for now, Willie Beeman. Uh, you know Willie a little bit. Yes, uh, Willie is actually a cousin of mine, and I actually spoke to him on the phone multiple times since he joined up, and he was telling me that the podcast is helping him get through the day, that he really enjoyed it, and that's one he wanted to give with the Patreon. And also, I reconnected with my cousin. So we're not only entertaining, (laughs) we're bringing families together, unlike Succession. That's right. They are tearing families apart. We are bringing families together. They are tearing families apart. So, uh, you know, I like the fact that he's going by Willie Willie Beeman. Uh, I would love to believe that one of our patrons is is Jamie Foxx playing a, a quarterback in the NFL, but I know that's not true, but nevertheless, I would like to believe that. So, uh, if you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating, and if you have time, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do write one, we will read it on the uh, air next time that we record. Both of those things go a long way in getting the show in the ears of new listeners. All right, let me give a disclaimer real quick before we get into the show, because... Ryan and I never had a discussion about this, but we try to keep this show family-friendly. Uh, it was just kind of an understood thing that we want to do. When I have kids, and I know whenever I listen to a podcast, there are some I have to turn off because whenever i got my kids in the car. And, I, you know, I don't want our podcast to be like that. I know Ryan doesn't either. Um, but this one, we're not going to do, we're not going to say any profanity. We're not going to cuss or anything on the, on the air. But there's going to be... Go, we're not going to quote Logan Roy's uh, famous... No. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, really, the whole family's famous thing. I mean, that's yeah, kind of what yeah. they all use. But uh, 
but there may be some things that we have to talk about a little bit that may be a little bit more sensitive. So just uh, just kind of be aware of that, just because it's hard going to be hard to talk about this show, especially all three seasons, without mentioning some of the more risque, I guess, things to talk about. Would you agree with that, Ryan? Yeah, I would. And these people are crazy, and they do really horrible things. Yeah, and so if we're going to really talk about the show, we've got to kind of talk about some of the horrible things they do. We'll try, like I said, we are going to do our best to keep it as family-friendly as possible, but do want to give you a little heads up about that. So, all right, I do want to start with just big-picture thoughts before we get into anything else. Uh, I do want to kind of go season by season. We're not going to go episode by episode. There's 29 episodes of this. Uh, but we do. I do want to kind of break down each season big picture. But before we even do that, I do want to just think big picture about the show. How did you did, – did you start watching this show from when it first released? So I didn't catch it the first few weeks because I, I, uh, I heard about it, and then I saw the trailer, and I was like, all right, I guess – and then, plus, I mean, I pretty much catch all the HBO right. Sunday night shows, most of them. Uh, I haven't watched Euphoria, but that one, I don't, high school stuff makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I started, well, I, I started getting buzz after the first few episodes. So I, st- I probably started in the middle of the first season and then I caught up. And then I've been uh, a week by week watcher ever since. I actually think, and I think he's going to be listening tonight or listen tomorrow, Stephen Augustinelli. Yes. I think he was the one who really was telling me that I, I needed to watch. Yeah, Stephen has been hitting us up on Twitter ever since we started yeah. this thing, saying, when, when is the Succession podcast coming? So uh, we, we knew we wanted to get it in, uh, not just necessarily just for Stephen, but we just knew it needed to be done. Uh, so and I had to get caught up because I did not catch this show. In fact, I had not even heard of this show until it started showing up in my Twitter timeline probably back in November of this past year during Season 3. So, like I said, I was completely into it. When I, when I sought it out after that, at that point, I was like, oh, okay, let me go check this out. I thought it was in season one. And I was like, oh, well, they're in season three. So, I was like, I don't know if I really want to spend all this time getting caught up on it and all this type of stuff. But now that we're doing the show, it's one of these shows that we kind of really just have to cover. Even, yeah. if, even if one of us didn't like it, it's such a big deal, we got to cover it. So, uh, But that's not the case. I enjoyed the show a lot. We'll get into that as well. So, uh, But speaking of that, let's talk about... What is your enjoyment level of this show? Oh, it's at the highest level. Like, this is a show that I'm anticipating. I want it, like, I watched the third season again this week, and I want it so bad. I want the fourth season. This is one that, like, I think about all week after I watch. I'm I'm, I'm searching. I can't wait till the gifs come out. <laughs> you know, there's podcasts and recaps. I can't wait to read them. This is this has been my favorite show the last couple of years. Yeah, is is enjoyment really the right word though? I guess I've, I've kind of been thinking about a lot that a lot this past week when we're getting ready to discuss this because I look forward to it. I've you know I've been cram, cramming in all twenty nine episodes basically over the course of a three weeks or so, and you know I want every every time I had a, I had like an hour to spare. I was like, okay, I need to go watch Succession. I can't wait to watch. I can't see what they do this time. But you know, are you rooting for anybody in the show? Um. You're you're bringing some good points. I'm sort of rooting for Tom and Greg. Okay. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. I think they're not good people, and they've got worse right. as the show's <laughs> gone on. Poor Greg was a good person. Right. He's he's going down a rough road right now. Yeah, yeah. But I, I still kind of root for them. But the other siblings, I used to root for Shiv, but you know, towards the end of one and. From then on, man, you yeah. find out she's as much of a monster as the others. Jeez, and that's guess so that's where I'm getting to is like it's really hard to truly root for any of these people. So that like yeah. 
enjoyment is a weird word to describe with this show. You know, I'm fascinated by it. I, I think that's yeah. a really good word for it. I'm just fascinated by it. I'm compelled by it because I just want to know what all is going on in these people's lives. Uh, you know, I, I would love to know some more backstory on Logan, how he came to all this power and how he came to start Waystar Roy Cove and all that stuff and just what led him to where he is today in life. Because like oh, I said, man. that would I'm be glad, interesting. I'm glad you mentioned that. I heard someone when I was researching this, they were like, they should do a prequel with James McAvoy as young Logan. Ooh, that would be good. Yeah. That would be real good. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. He would he would be really good in that. Now, yeah. There, James McAvoy. He's he's English, but he's not Scottish. He's Scottish. He's oh, Scottish. Is, is he Scottish? Okay. He just can. He's like the one Scot who can actually do good accents. The oh, okay. rest of them are really bad. Okay. Well, then th- that that would actually be work perfectly then if, if yeah. they're both Scottish. So I mean, his he doesn't really have his Scottish accent a lot in this show. It's there a little bit. Yeah. But if you ever listen to Brian Cox talk, you, I mean, he definitely has an accent. It's not a heavy Scottish accent, but it, it, it he definitely has one uh so like i said these are just some of the things i've been you know kind of pondering ever since i started watching this you know uh what let's just talk about the family real quick who's your favorite person in the actual family um i i know uh, this may come off as weird i really like connor especially i think he got better yeah, he's the most enjoyable to watch. Yeah, he's going to come up. I'm pretty sure in our boards. I know he's going to come up. Mine. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, say yeah, that. He's up mine. <laughs> he, he's the most enjoyable to watch because uh, you just don't know what he's going to say or do. Right. And like, uh, I, I actually watched uh, a couple episodes. I watched the first two episodes of the first season, and then I remember my favorite episode was the uh, the bachelor party one. I think oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was season one. Prague. Yeah. yeah. And he had a line in there that I just. I had to pause because I was laughing so hard <laughs> when there were some uh, young uh, escorts. Yes. And he was concerned about their age. And he said, all right, stop them real quick and say, where were you on 9-11? <laughs> if they pause, they're probably underage. They probably were if that was the case. If they didn't know where they were on 9-11, that's probably the case. I, so. I, it's, I don't know why. I just had to stop. I was laughing so hard. All right, so let's go ahead and get into season one a little bit real quick. Uh, season one, I, I will be honest with you, Every when I first started watching this, and as I was doing a little bit of research, I, I have not done as much research on this show as I normally would when I'm watching something, especially on a week-to-week basis. But I had done a little bit, especially with season three. But season one was definitely not the, the, the hit that season two and three were. Uh, it was, if you go back and look at like some of the Rotten Tomatoes war- uh, ratings and all that type of stuff, it's definitely not the same level. Uh, I think it's like 74% and the others are close to 100. So it didn't take off as well. And I'll be honest, I mean, one of the things that everybody was telling me is you got to give this thing like four or five, six episodes to really get into it and to really understand, to get it where it is at the level it is now. And I think that's very much the case. What were your thoughts? Same thing. It was, wor- it, it was, it, I enjoyed it from the get go, but I think, so Logan has his, uh, stroke or I think when he comes back and really starts taking over, that's when the show takes another gear. And that's when he, you see how ruthless he really is. I think the pilot to me, it's it. When I watched it again, like Roman is so horrible to that kid playing the softball Mm -hmm. game. Like, and, and then you, you get, it's amazing to watch it because you see the little sprinkles of of how the characters are even in the first because you uh, like you see how bad Robin is right. you see how Shiv is not nice to Tom 
Yeah. And, and then, like you said, you see Kindles kind of all over the place. Uh, so to me, that was, I, and also I think they were, I don't think they realized what they had with Kieran Culkin. Right. Uh, here's the thing. I don't, there were some interesting decisions I think that they made in that first season because what they're, that first season, you have to establish what you're trying to do. And I think they knew what they wanted to do with each character. And, but I don't know that they really were executing. So like, for example, Kendall, he is supposed to be this guy. I think that is not overly intelligent, not a genius or anything like that, but he, he at least knows the business well enough. He's been connected just by sheer association with his father. And because he's been so connected to the business with his father, he knows enough of it to know kind of what moves need to be made and have good instincts about the types of moves that need to be made. Like at the very beginning, when he's at this very beginning of this entire show, when he's trying to acquire Walter, you know, that's trying to move the business into the 21st century because it is very much an old fashioned sort of business. And I think he has those right instincts, but the pro what I think they want to do in this show is he's got the instincts he has the he, like I said he has at least enough knowledge about the way things work just by being associated with the business for so long and but he doesn't always he just gets in his own way too much yeah and, yeah he go ahead i was going to say he's he's not as smart as he thinks he is right he is not i think like i said i think he has really good instincts that's one of the things that i was listening to some uh prestige uh show ringer prestige show uh podcast this past week on season three and that was one of the things that i think sean Fennessy was saying he he's got really good instincts but you know I, like i said i don't think he he just gets in his way so much and the problem i think in those first few episodes they weren't communicating that they were just communicating that he's just kind of dumb. I mean, like I said, yeah. because I mean, were just weak and kind of emasculated. I mean, he just was, he just kind of bumbling and, uh, 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 I mean, that's just what you got from him for, for so much of that first season. And like, for example, Kieran Culkin, you, you said they didn't know really what they had when they had Kieran Culkin, what they want. The, there's a line in that first season that he says, where he says, I'm dumb, but I'm smart. I mean, yeah. so he, he is dumb. I mean, he, he has, he is not anywhere close to being able to, to do what he should be able to do for the position that he holds inside the family, inside the company. But he is, but just, he's smart enough to know, to be able to do a few things that you have to at least take him somewhat seriously, just because he's got the position, and but he doesn't really know what to do with it. And that's, they weren't getting that at first, I don't think. Yeah, I was going to say, with, when you talk about Roman, he can read people. Yes, he can. He's got, he's got those instincts. His problem is, he is a monster he's and he's you know he's what we find out throughout the series what we see and what we keep learning is how much damage their father has done to them oh yeah that's made them the monsters they are right and that's kind of the biggest issue that this entire thing has and this goes into my questionable decision making that I made at the beginning of this show Brian Cox is easily the most recognizable yeah. person in this cast I mean you I mean Kieran Culkin I mean He's done a lot of stuff, don't get me wrong, but I think most people, if you say the name Kieran Culkin, they're going to, what they're going to know him from is the, the cousin who pees the bed in Home Alone. Right, right. I mean, right. that's just kind of who he is. I mean, Alan Rook, he has done a ton of stuff, but, I mean, he's always known as a side character. Well, he's uh, Ferris. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's not Ferris. He's uh, Cam. Cam, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's Cam. Uh, kind of close to Connor, so it kind of yeah. works out there. But, yeah, he's Cam and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and that's his probably his biggest role. Yeah. But, uh like I said, there's a lot of stuff 
that I think you know you got all these you got all these actors who are who you probably have seen them in something like Sarah Snook. I'm sure I've seen her in other stuff. I I, I can't tell you what it is off the top of my head. So you got all these actors. Same thing for Jeremy Strong. Yeah. Who have had all these small roles throughout the course of their history, and you've got this legend sitting there, Brian Cox. And after the first episode, he's kind of sidelined for about four or five. Yeah. So, like I said, there were a lot of weird decisions that they made in this in, in this show, and I guess they wanted to really try to get the, the other characters established because they knew if you got Brian Cox on your show, he's, uh, he's going to hog a lot of that spotlight. And maybe that's what, the, what they were doing. I don't know. But like I said, I just it was weird that... You know, as soon as we get to know a little bit about Logan Roy and his family at that first episode, they basically take him away for us for until about episode five. I don't, I don't remember exactly what episode he truly made a comeback in, but that's about where it felt. Yeah, and I was going to say, uh, they had to sell Brian Cox on one, you're the lead. Right. And, and that, you know, you're going to completely take over. And then they had to kind of give him an idea. Because when you, you know, and Brian Cox is a perfect person to play with. Yes, he is. He just, just perfect. Uh, he had to know, like, okay, this rich material that you know that doesn't come around for someone my age, right? I mean, it's a rare opportunity to be able to be to have this type of a role at his age in in yeah. the Hollywood industry. It just doesn't happen that often, so it's worked out really well for him. Uh, you know, like I said, that first season, it's just uh, it's so bumpy. Those first few episodes, and I cannot be honest with you. I liked the first season, but those first few episodes, I was struggling to get through. And if somebody told me, you know, that those last four or five episodes weren't enough to say and they had a hard time, they weren't ever coming back from it, I can see why. Because uh, I might have been one of those people, I'll just be perfectly honest with you, because those first five episodes, I, I was struggling. I mean, they were all about the business and stuff like that. I didn't really care that much. I mean, it is a difficult thing with this. The, difficult, the, the difficulty of this show is... The, the business is so very important in terms of the family, but most of us don't understand all the business stuff that they're doing. I mean, let's just be perfectly yeah. honest. I, I, at least I, I know I don't. I, I don't either. They, and they use a lot of jargon that is, you know, very hard to, to understand what they're what they're talking about. I also say one more thing about Brian Cox. I wonder how many people watch this and are like, oh, man, it's the captain from Super Troopers. <laughs> they might have. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, I mean, Brian Cox, he's done so many things. And what makes him so perfect for this role is just the fact that he's technically not a villain, but he kind of is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, oh, he is. I mean, it's it's hard to say there's a villain when there's like just talking about corporations, all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I will say this: count. Uh, we probably need to start a segment of stupid things that Justin can't stop thinking about. Because when I was watching the show, one of the stupid things I couldn't stop thinking about was, and I learned this when I was watching Captain America, not Captain America, Founder Soldier last year. Apple will not allow any villains in a show or a movie or whatever to use their products. And like, there's a lot of the, a lot of the family. Like, I know Kendall has an iPhone. Um, I think, I think, uh, I think uh, Roman has one. Maybe Shiv. A lot of people in the in the cast have iPhones. Logan does not have an iPhone. And that is every time I see because like in a show like this where phones are so very very important because of the texting and and, and just the calls that they always have to make. I'm that's one thing I'm immediately keeping on. Who has an iPhone? And I noticed that Logan Roy never has an iPhone. So that tells me right there that at least I don't know if the the showrunners really consider him Bill, but Apple obviously does because they don't want him to have an iPhone. Yeah. I did not notice that. Interesting. That's good to know. Yeah, the reason that came out and the reason a lot of people started figuring that is because in Falcon and the Winter Soldier last year, Sharon Carter, uh, she 
didn't have an iPhone. That was one of the things that people clued in immediately when the people were trying to figure out if she truly was going to be like the villain in the, in the show. They said she doesn't have an iPhone and Apple won't let villains have iPhones. So uh, that was one of the things that uh, people were noticing. So like I said, that's just one of those stupid things that I just could not stop thinking about. Every time he had a phone, I'm like, did they switch his phone out? Did they switch out? <laughs> and they never did. They he, He's still using a, a, a lip like that. So uh, what else? What are some of your other thoughts about season one? Because there's a lot to unpack there. So the uh, the finale, which was just phenomenal. Yes. And then uh, that was really, uh, I, I love the finale because we get to see Tom make a little bit of a comeback. Right. Where uh, he takes the wine from Nate. I yes. think is Yeah. And then he, he kind of. He kind of shows off as he gets to peacock a little bit. Right. And I will say this, Tom and Greg, I think are the two characters that they've handled since the beginning. Yeah. Uh, they've known exactly what to do with those two characters and they have understood exactly what they need to do with those two characters since they started this entire show. Tom gets crapped on all the time. Life by the Roy family. That is the, his lot in life is he is marrying a Roy. And to be honest with you, I don't really don't know why she wants to get married. Other than the fact that, she probably thinks she's at that stage of life where she should get married. Uh, yeah. But so she, he gets crapped on all the time. He really gets crapped on in that first season. I mean, yeah, I, I felt so bad for Tom, but so when he gets crapped on, he's only, he wants somebody to crap on. He craps on Greg and there, there, that interaction between the two of them, like I said, it has been absolutely perfect since the beginning of the season. And it, that first season, you know, we've really got that, that element established. And it's interesting the, the direction they're taking their, their characters as we get throughout the course of the rest of the, sh- of the show. Yeah. I was going to say in that first episode, when they meet, when he's, uh, I think Tom says, razzing him yes. at the, in the softball field, he says, uh, I'll take care of you and protect you, uh, while you work here. Right. And if you look at that, Tom has never wavered on that. No, he has not. always, always looked out for him since day one right and we we see as they lose their souls at the end of season three <laughs> yes boo souls know, yeah uh they they have continued on this this love romance between the two of them i guess well, let's get look at that more in season three so I'll, I'll hold off on that all right uh but but yeah it's it's interesting the turn that that kendall makes because once he gets once he tries to take over uh, his dad's company for the first time he does the, he tries to have a vote of confidence put in him. That's when Jerry Strong's character change changes. That's when he has, that's when he, I finally think they finally figure out what to do with Kendall because at that point he is, he's let go from the company. Uh, he's outcast from basically from the family for the most part. Uh, but it's like, all right, so they bring him back to this. So they're trying to get everybody together, trying to do this PR piece about have, bringing the family in to meet with this psychiatrist who ends up doing a dive into the swimming pool and uh, busting his teeth open. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was hard to watch. <laughs> uh, but one of the things I, I, I like about that segment and that piece right there is that this is when, when Kendall Roy gets back on drugs. And honestly, that's when he like, seems to have his confidence. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, he, he, he seems like a different person. Yeah, he seems like a completely different person when he's high and when he's drunk. And I'm like, this is not good. When, I mean, it's, like, it's almost like he doesn't know how to feel good about anything outside of it because he hasn't felt good, good about anything in his family. So it's like, well, I feel good while I'm on drugs. So I can kind of let that go because he goes toe to toe there with his dad when they go to Connor's ranch. And his dad yeah. was about ready to nail him. Yeah. And they, and they- 
They have some some situations in second the second season and the third season oh, like yeah. this as well. And like you said, you know, his dad says it in season one, and then he repeats it at the at part of season three that he, you know, Connor is not. I mean, uh, Kendall is not a killer. He doesn't right. have that killer instinct. That's why he never gave him the business. Yeah. But like you said. When he's on drugs, he does have that color. Yeah, he really does. He, he he seems to, like I said, he seems to be confident. He seems to know what he's talking about. He seems to be really assured of himself. But, you know, the issue is you're on drugs, man. We can't, you, you, that's, not a, that's not a good thing. So it's like this really weird balancing act they're trying to do with him. Uh, to to quote ahead. Rick James, cocaine is a hell of a drug. Yeah, yes, it is. It is absolutely a hell of a drug. Uh, you know, Shiv in this first season... I sometimes, you know, this is when I start getting into these types of shows, like, because this was, the, we're 10 episodes in the first season, nine episodes in uh, the third season. This isn't like, you know, like the Friends or the sitcoms of the 90s or even the dramas of the 90s when there's like 22, 23 episodes. Right. Where they're still writing as they're filming as act, as it's actually airing on airs. So like when the episode one actually aired of a season of like Friends, they only had like 10 episodes written and filmed, and they're still writing the rest of it as it goes along. This one, they have everything written. So I just always wonder how much things change on the fly during a season. Like, do they get it to, when they get set to film an episode, they're like, okay, well, we thought this played really well in one episode, so now we want to change it. Because Shiv's character from season one to season two changes drastically. Um, And it kind of starts to change there at the end of season one. I mean, she's just, you know, she's having this... I guess it's technically not adultery because she's not married to Tom in, in season one until the very end. But she's just absolutely devastating him by having this affair with Nate and basically on her on their wedding night saying, you know, uh, if you're looking for a monogamous relationship, I'm probably not the person for you. I mean, who tells their husband oh, that yeah. on, on the first night of on the, on the night that they got married? So like I said, I haven't been able to figure, I don't know if they were, it felt like they were going to kind of make her and Connor kind of like, yeah, they're, they're siblings in this family, but they're not the Roman and Kendall siblings. Like they seemed like there was going to be a different level for those two. Did you get that same sense? I, I, I think you're right. I think they were building her up as this progressive woman that was much different. Right. But then they were probably like, well, that's kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, need to show that she's just as bad as the rest of them. Yeah, because they were doing the whole political thing with with yeah. Gil, and like I said, those. I mean, it was good to see her operating outside the family because I think she at one time believed that was her only role inside. Was she was never going to be a part of the family business? They never brought her in. I mean, even in season two, when they when Logan finally does, and I think it was like episode two or episode three, she's wanting a timetable for when she's supposed to be named like the successor and all this type of stuff. And Logan says, well, we got to go through all this program. The, you got to go through management training program, all this type of stuff. And she's like, she says something to the point of like, you know, is it a negative to be a woman or something like that? And he says, of course it is. I mean, he still has that, that he still has that mentality that women aren't as equal. And he does, it just goes to show that he is not with the times. No, I mean, he still sleeps with, Tries to sleep with every assistant he yes, has. Yes, he does. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in, in, when we get to season two. Uh, what other, who else do we talk about in season one? Because there was a lot in season one. Well, I like uh, this character, and he, he really comes up on season one. And he's, you know, uh, a background, but but always 
I'll just use the word stewing around. <laughs> uh, Stewie, I, I love Stewie. Yeah, Stewie. Anytime is, he's in a scene, I think it's just fantastic. Yeah, Stewie is is an absolutely phenomenal character in this. And you know, it's one of those things where if you put him in too much, it's probably not going to work as well. You yeah. just have to know when to bring him in and how often to bring him in. And they do a really good job of that because. What is great about Stewie is he every time he's on screen, he has the upper hand in whatever relationship, whatever business dealing it is that uh, is going on with Royco. And he knows it, and he likes to flaunt it. And it's really fun to watch because, like, especially there in the season two, when they're discussing, trying to work out a deal, uh, and he's like, no, you know what? I don't care. I've got the I've got the better hand, and you're going to either do what I want, or we're just not going to do it at all. And to see him talk to Logan Roy like that, and Rogue, Logan Roy is not accustomed to that. Yeah, he, he struggles with that. That was just absolutely fun. But yeah, you're right. Stewie is a, is a wonderful character in the show. And I was going to say Stewie is very good at playing Kendall like a puppeteer. Oh yeah, because he knows like you know what to tell him and right. what put put little bugs in his ear also knows when to give him just a little bit of cocaine yes he always has going. he always has a little bit on him not too much just enough yeah. to kind of get, get him to where he needs him but yeah you're right yeah. He, he always does but yeah he was he was wonderful uh you know connor is just his role has gotten bigger too as yeah as, he has definitely as the season's gone along uh, Alan Ruck is just wonderful. Like I said, he's he's not been in a he's been in a lot of stuff. He doesn't have a huge role. This might honestly be his biggest role. Well, Spin City. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he Spin was one City. of the main characters on that. Yeah, he was. He was one of the main characters on that. But outside of that, this is probably yeah, this yeah. is probably his biggest role ever. Uh, but it's just been interesting to watch him kind of develop as a character. I mean, his turn in season three. You know, at the very end, when he just got tired of all the BS that the other three siblings were were talking, and he's like, "I'm the eldest." I mean, because well, he could, like, they just forget about him all the time. And I guess I can kind of see that because he's a half sibling, but yeah. they just forget about him a lot. All right, uh, anything else? From, uh, let's, uh, well, let's 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 talk about what happens at the end of. Season oh yeah, one. yeah, yeah. We haven't talked about that. I'm glad you mentioned that. All right, so at the end of season one, uh, you know. Jeremy Strong, uh, playing Kendall Roy, has his father where he wants him. He absolutely has his father where he wants him. This is where I was talking about where I think they finally figured out how to work his character and how to execute his character because he has his father exactly in the position that he wants him to be in, but like I said, he can't not get in his own way. So he has to go looking for drugs, and he goes this way or that Logan. Did, did Logan punch him? I don't remember. Did he? Yeah, Logan, yeah. Logan was this was the one he he punched. Okay, I couldn't remember which one it was. It, it all kind of runs together when you watch yeah. as much of it as I have in the last month. Uh, but so Logan punches him, and he goes that waiter to try to score some drugs, and he's, well, waiter like, oh, okay, it starts to take a weird turn because like, uh, he's asking Logan why he can't drive, or not Logan Kendall why he can't drive, and Kendall's like, well, because I'm incredibly wealthy and I have people that drive me all the time. And he's like, starts talking about, well, maybe I should kidnap you. I'm like, are we really gonna go down this road? <laughs> Uh, but no, they don't. He ends up getting ready because he can't drive a stick shift, much less. Uh, he might could drive a regular car, but he can't drive a stick shift. So he's trying to shift gears. And as he's looking down to shift the gears, uh, deer's out in the road. And that's when the waiter grabs the wheel and throws it off to the side. And the car goes off and into a river. And Kendall escapes. He even goes down a couple times to try to save him, but he can't. And the waiter ends up passing away. And he thinks he's gotten away with it. He walks out. He walks back to the to his hotel. Uh, he, you know, he changes his clothes. 
But it turns out the next morning, Logan informs him that they found his key card to his hotel room in the in the river or in the car or the truck or whatever it may be. And that's when it's like, okay, now I've got my son back over a barrel. And like I said, he just cannot, if he just doesn't go looking for drugs, he's fine. He, but yeah. he just gets in his way all the time and he can't. What were your thoughts about going into season two? Yeah. You have that, and it's just like Kendall can never get a, a leg up. It's just something, and and Logan is always one step ahead of all of them. Yeah, he always, always. Is. yes. And and then something else happens that we find out. Never underestimate Greg. Right. Greg had kept the documents mm-hmm. that from from being shredded. He had kept some. So from this first episode, still going on to the show to, today, everyone in the family underestimates greg except tom right. kindle did at one point right we'll talk about something kindle does wrong in season three yeah, he did a couple but things wrong. like mm-hmm. yeah yeah with greg and then also i will say when you watch the first scenes with logan seems to like greg i don't know why right. he doesn't like hate him but he, he always listens to him and like uh in the first season Greg mentions that, hey, if you get me involved, we, you don't have to deal with my grandfather. Right. And then you see Logan kind of look up like, oh, that's an idea. Yeah. Cause he, so he, that's what, he hates his grandfather. Which is, yes, and James Cromwell does a really good job oh, as, so good. as his grandfather. We haven't even talked about him yet. Yeah. And that's just kind of one of the other things about this thing, this show. This cast is is humongous. I mean, when Stacked. You, when you talk about all the, the guest actors they bring in, I mean, yeah. some of these characters like James Cromwell, they just kind of bring in every so often. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I started doing when I started season three was that the Prestige podcast, Bill Russell, not Bill Russell, uh, Bill, what's his name? Simmons. Bill Simmons, thank you. Bill Simmons and somebody else did a a top 25 characters on on Succession, and the number of characters who weren't even in the top 25 was pretty phenomenal. So, I mean, yeah. it's just a huge cast. But, yeah, but yeah you're right. They uh, Greg has, he is naive. I mean, that's one of the great things about his character. I mean, he absolutely plays this thing as straight-up naive. He's getting a little bit better as the more he is associated yeah. with them and the more he hangs around the Roy's. He is, but he's, he's, he's slowly getting there. But from the start, he's like, all right, I need to make sure I'm protecting myself. I can't just rely on anybody else to protect me. Everybody else is looking out for themselves. I need to make sure I'm looking out for myself. And it's interesting that he told Kendall, but that ends up playing a big part in season two, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I just wanted to mention that this is, they, they plant that seed from the beginning. Don't fully underestimate Greg. Right, and that's one of the things that they do a really good job of pointing out is that you can't underestimate him, even though they 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 really want you to. Because like the very first way we see him, you know, he's talking to his mom to go get this job at, with the with the family, and he ends up in this parts, and he like th- starts throwing up inside this costume uh-huh. through the eyes of it. It's just this yeah. weird vision. Uh-huh. It's like, oh wow, okay. <laughs> but all right, but yeah, that's like kind of takes us into season two, and season two is dealing with the fallout of of Kendall starting this bear hug with Stewie and Sandy. And now how are they going to fight it off? Uh, episode one was really interesting because this is when they, it's very clear. They're going to make Shiv a greater part of this show. And this, did you, do you watch the intro every time you, you watch the show or no one? I do want to mention what an incredible theme song. Yes, I know. And I meant to mention it earlier when we we're doing big thoughts. So let's talk about that real quick. The theme song is really, it's a, it's an incredible theme song because it's this, look, anything that is piano driven, I am there for. Uh, I love a good piano based song, you know, anything like that. Uh, so the, it's this beautifully orchestrated 
song that has this great piano-driven melody throughout the entire thing. But it's as beautiful as it is, it is extremely aggressive. Mm -hmm. Oh, it is so aggressive. I want to crank it up every time I hear it. Right. And you'll think that when you're talking about like an orchestra, you know, an orchestra playing something, but that's exactly what it is with this. And, you know, it's very symbolic of the family. You know, this is a very elegant, very refined family, but they are so aggressive. Uh, Yes, they are. But but interesting about the introduction, from season one to season two, it, it changed. Season two to season three, it changed a little bit as well. But season one to season two changed the most because... And if you go back and watch season, uh, the intro in season one, it's mainly you see what's, I guess, is supposed to be just kind of Roman and Kendall. You see Shiv and Connor a little bit. Even though Con- the Connor that they have in there, he's like the same age as all the other kids, which doesn't really work. But nevertheless, yeah, the, the math doesn't work out. <laughs> it does not. Uh, but in the season two, you get a lot of all four kids. And same, kind of the same thing in season three. So they're, they're kind of signifying in that introduction that they're kind of making them uh, Connor and Shiv more equals, but we really see that in season two, uh, especially here at season uh, the very beginning, because this is when they're going to wherever it is that they are. I don't remember what that place was that they were at, but um, I guess it's like the vacation home or something like that. Maybe I'm not real sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Uh, so they go to this home and, uh, you know, they throw out like probably $20,000 worth of crab or, or lobster or whatever it was that they had because of the raccoons that were stuck up in the chimney. Uh, but, uh, it's interesting with this because they're talking about, you know, what's the plan going to be? Because we got to, we got to start winning this. We got to find a way to win over our shareholders. And it, what's also interesting about this is this is the, like the second episode where I guess did the, did the bear hug start in uh, the finale of season one? I don't remember. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I think it starts, starts then. Yeah. Okay. So they start that in season, the, the season finale episode of uh, season one, and they carry that thing through until the middle of season three. Uh, yeah. So they do a, they, you know, it's interesting the way they do this because they juggle plot lines quite a bit. So mm-hmm. you have that going on and their method to fight it off is one, to try to name a successor, even though, or to try to name a CEO, even though they're not going to, as Logan says, it's not going to be the real person. They talked about Jerry and she eventually does, but nevertheless. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Roman and Shiv make their cases for being the successor because at this point, Kendall's done. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done. Logan has him over a barrel. Uh, it's not going to work for him. So there's all this talk about if it's going to be those two, and he ends up settling on Shiv. Did you think he was being serious when he said it? I did. did I you? did. Because he, you know, you could see from season one, you know, he he seemed to really like her, yeah. especially when he would call it, is it Pickle? Yeah, I think so. I think it's pickled. Yeah, yeah. So, like, especially when he's sweetening her up, and like, you know, she seemed the most competent from from the get go. And the one thing that you find out, and even more in in the second season, she's not good at reading or dealing with her father. Right. She cannot read him at all. No, she. And then, and then she's not as good with people as you would expect she would be. Right, you would expect to be a little bit better with people, especially being the political consultant yeah. and all the stuff that she was. Yeah, I think that I, I believed Logan when he told her that he wanted her to be uh, the the person in line for CEO. I just also believe that 
it was never going to happen. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does, because she makes a good face. Right. You know, she's a young, powerful, attractive woman. So she would she would make a good face for the company and would look good if right. he was turning over her. But the thing about Logan Roy, he's never going to turn it over. To no, he's guys. not. He's not. And well, that's well, we that we season three, so I'll hold off. Uh, but yeah, so that was the interesting thing about it. It's like you know they they talk about this and like I, I you know I. I want to. I want to be happy for you, Shiv, because you kind of like Shiv at that point. You kind of. Yeah, yeah, got, you do. Yeah. She's got some issues, but you, she, you start to lose your faith in Shiv pretty quick. And uh, later on, uh, but yeah, so she gets to be the person that who thinks she's going to be named the apparent successor, but it's almost like it's yanked out from under almost immediately in, in episode two, because that's when I think they go into the whole, the whole. Um, what is it? Uh, credit. I've done lost my train of thought. Uh, when they, when she she goes to him and says, you know, what, is, what am I going? What's the timeline for all this type of stuff? And he says, okay, I did the maintenance training, all that type of stuff. That's when I think it was uh, episode two of that season where where he starts that, and like she's frustrated almost immediately at that point. Uh, but one of the other interesting things about episode one is we start to late, we start to learn very very quickly that. Kendall is just going to do, roll over and do whatever his dad says, especially in the first two episodes, because he's at this uh, rehab center in episode one, and he's uh, he's only been there for like two days, and they call him out like you gotta go, you gotta go on TV, and you gotta do this this thing, and he's like stumbling through it. He looks absolutely pathetic until the very end, and that's when he kind of redeems himself. What do you think about that first thing? Yeah, yeah, you're right. He he seemed to be doing do, doing better, and you were like, all right, Kendall might make it. Right, he might, because at the, the end yeah. of that interview, when he finally kind of just lays it down about how his dad is going to always run this and always be the boss and always be king, then that's when he kind of makes himself look better, makes the company look better for that matter. Yeah, uh, and I was I was going to say one more thing about Shiv, uh, and then you're making some very good points. Her, uh, a lot of the problem, and this is very well well shown in season two, she can't she can't read her father. She yeah. can't be modest. They have to just have to really stick it to their siblings. Yes. They when do. they're, when they're getting a win, her and Roman, especially mm-hmm. have to show off to each other. Hey, I'm daddy's favorite right, right now. I'm the one. And if she had just played it, right. just played her hand and, and been more cool and shown that, that she had that killer instinct and, and just, like I said, played it cool. I, she may have gotten may have gotten it may have gotten a CEO in, right. in name or whatever. Yeah, I, but, you know, she did not play it cool at all. No, she did not. I mean, that's I don't remember at what point in season two where she just came out and told her dad, "Well, just tell him it's me," and that just absolutely. Yeah, that that was when they met the uh, the Jarrells. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the, the the Pierces, the Pierces. Yeah, the Pierces. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, uh, but that's when Logan just was like, "Nope, it's not her." I, I, I firmly believe that's when he decided. You know, he was probably yeah. starting to doubt it at some point, but at that point, I think he was 100 percent sold that it will not be Shiv. I mean, you can't put him on the spot like that, and even his own daughter can't put him on the spot like that. I mean, yeah. it's like it's like his children can't. They are even held to an even higher standard, so it's like you of all people should know better than to do what you just did to me. And he wasn't going to have any of it. But you're also his children can't show love to him because no, that's what derails Roman. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
Rome, I want to talk about Roman's issues here in a little bit, uh, but that's more probably prevalent for season three. Uh, but yeah, but Shiv, I mean, it's kind of like Kendall is like the favored one for the most part in season one because he's kind of has to be because he's the only one that seems that's been in the business long enough. And Roman is too much of a screw up to, to really be Kendall's in Kendall's favor. I mean, in Logan's favor, excuse me. Uh, season two, it kind of switches to Shiv. Season three, it kind of switches to Roman. Uh, so I'll be interested to see if in season four, if that they switch it to Connor or or whatnot. So that's going to be an interesting thing to watch play out as, as we get into season four, whenever it does come out. Uh, but, you know, as they're trying to work out this whole bear hug thing, it's interesting because this is when Logan decides to to bring in, to try to pursue Pierce. And this is a storyline that takes over place about four or five, four or five episodes where he's trying to pursue Pierce and they bring in Holly Hunter, who was absolutely phenomenal. But I will say this. I didn't like the romance aspect of this. Did you? No, no. And I love Holly Hunter. Yeah. She's awesome. That was, you know, she was, when, when you see her, you're like, Oh man. Uh, and there was another actress in season three and I felt the same way. And I was just like, man, I wish we got more of her and more right. stuff. Yeah. But I, yeah. Yeah. We didn't need the romance. It was watching Broadcock's romantic is kind of nauseating. Yeah. It, that is never, I mean, as great of an actor as he is, it's not something we associate with him. Uh, I'll just say that much right now. So, I mean, it's one of those. So to see him try to do that on screen is just kind of weird to be, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it's to see him do this. It, it almost seemed like, again, and this is kind of something we haven't even discussed yet. Everything is transactional for this entire family. It's just the way they run their lives. It's the way they run their, run their business. So everything is so transactional. And he's like, sex is a transaction. I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll have sex, but what, are we, what am I going to get in return for this? I mean, that's very much the case with Shiv and Tom, I mean, to say the least. Uh, and, you know, that seems to be the case with, with uh, Logan and... Uh, Ray Adrell because it's like, all right, well, uh, we're going to do this, but you're going to help me get Pierce. I mean, that's kind of the, yeah. way, the way it works. Uh, did you, what did you think about this whole trying to pursue Pierce uh, plotline? Did you like it? Did you thought it was good? Uh, I thought it was one of the weaker plot lines. Yeah. I don't know. The Pierce family was kind of boring to me. Yeah, they were. They they didn't sell their, their family. Look, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was interesting to see because we need to see Logan fail. Uh, yeah. And because he doesn't fail very often. Uh, and it's one of those, I think it's important for us to see him fail in this regard. But like I said, he doesn't fail that often. So when we see it, it's nice to know that this is a possibility. But he always still has a plan in place to do whatever, to still meet his goals. Because his big goal, the reason he was trying to, uh, to pursue Pierce in the beginning, well, he's always wanted him because that's the biggest competitor. And if he can just eat up his biggest competitor, then he doesn't have that big of a problem. But when he is trying to pursue Pierce, he is, you know, I'm trying to think what's the best way to describe this. Uh, he fails, but he still has the backup plan because the reason he's trying to pursue them is he wants to be too big for Stewie and yeah. uh, Sandy to to bring him in or basically to absorb him. Uh, so that's what he's trying to avoid. And so he has to find out another, basically he decides, you know what, I'm just going to take Stewie and Sandy head on after this whole thing falls through. And it was an interesting way to do it because at that point, that is when the ocean liner, I meant the ocean liner, the uh, cruise thing starts to break. Uh, how did the the family handling of it, how did you, did you think they handled it well? No. no of course not <laughs> no, there, there, there's no remorse no there's not and that's that's interesting because at this retreat thing they do when the news finally breaks of 
the uh, the cruise line scandal when it finally does break. They actually are they go ahead and bring out the three kids, uh, Shiv, Connor, not Connor, uh, Kendall and Roman to do this panel thing. And they're like, you know, the, the thing they were talking about before they got there is we're just going to condemn and move on. But when they're on that panel, they're like, oh, no, we won't just condemn this and move on. It's like they just the double talk that comes from this family is just absolutely phenomenal because they will say one thing and mean something completely different. Yeah. Like, you know, we see a lot of this, especially in season three. Like Kendall thinks he's so much different than his father. He does. He does. Yeah. He thinks he thinks he's progressive and and not a monster. And he's, you know, uh, like out to, to save the world. And he he's no different. No, he's not any different at all, and that's one of the things that is very apparent in this, in the rest of this this season, and really in, in season three is when he tries to uh, break away from his family and from his father. That's when it becomes very apparent that he is not what he thinks he is. He wants to be something, but he is not that thing at all. Well, we got to talk about another thing that really takes off in season two. It kind of it kind of is hinted around in season one. But this is the relationship with Jerry and Roman. Yes, that's when it starts. I don't remember exactly what episode it starts in. I don't. I, I can't remember either. But it really takes off in season two. Yeah, it was. That was a weird thing. I, let's talk. We have to start talking about Roman because this will be a good way to kind of transition into season three when we get there or start that transition. Roman, he is. You know, he wants desperately to be taken seriously. He wants desperately. For his family and for his father to think of him as a just a potential person to go to and to you know be be savvy about business and those, but he doesn't know these things. This is when Jerry kind of steps in and starts giving him some some advice. She sends him to the. She says, "Go to the management training program. Go take it." Uh, and he goes there, and you know it's he becomes it becomes very apparent his role in the company because when he gets there they have this introduction video and logan gives his spiel kendall gives his spiel and they show they show roman and as he's getting ready to say something they cut away from him it's like yeah there he is okay but you're not actually going to hear him and it was very apparent at that point just what they thought of him yeah you could tell that they that he was the joke sibling uh, of the family besides connor right but you know that's involved in the business yeah but like uh Jerry saw something in him yes, and, he did. and really and really has been mentoring him and then started this inappropriate relationship. But, right. you know, you almost wonder, and this is the thing about Jerry, you can never fully tell about her, which we really find out in season right. three, that, you know, I don't know if she was enjoying it, but also I think she was using it as, you know, ammo right. for, for her disposal at some point. Uh, but like, yeah, you just you never could fully tell what she's thinking, and you and you can't because you know we find that out at the end of season three. Like she's she's one of the best characters in the show too, Jay Smith Cameron, an incredible incredible actress, uh, and just I, I love their relationship. When it first started, I'm like, what is this? Yes. But now I'm like, enjoy their scenes right. together. It's, it's so weird that they've made it work. Yeah, it was just an odd thing because Jerry's role went from season one to season three. Season two picked up significantly. I don't know yeah. if they really intended for her to be the as significant of a player in the show as she is. Uh, but, you know, she was doing so well in those, in those parts, I think they felt like they had to. But, you know, it's really interesting because, like, I don't remember. So he's at the management training facility or whatever it is. And this is what he's talking to to Jerry on the phone and he, Jerry starts to, to chastise him about what he's doing. 
And that's when he starts to doing what he does <laughs> when yes, he talks yes. to Jerry. And like at first, I think she's disgusted by. It. I think she's really disgusted by it in general. But it's like, okay, I need him to get better. I need him to learn or something. So if this is what it's going to take, then you know what? I'll this is what the relationship will have because when they get to that training center, she sends him to a closet so she can chastise him so he can do again what he does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's like, it is just this weird thing because it basically he has an edible complex towards, towards Jerry. Yeah. Jerry's a, is, is not his mother, but it is, but she is a mother like figure. She's, she's kind of guiding him. She's giving him advice. She's doing the things that his real mother, because his real mother, if you think Logan is a bad parent, yeah. well, his real mother, who is uh, Caroline Collingwood, played by Harriet Walter, Dame Harriet Walter, I will say, is even worse. I mean, she is absolutely terrible. Yeah. Yeah, and I was going to say, uh, like Stewie with Kendall, Jerry is the puppet master of Roman. Yeah, she really is. I mean, she is she is probably the most calculated person in the entire show. She will she will change on a dime. She will go wherever, whatever direction that she needs to go. And if she needs to do a 180, if she needs to completely sell out, sell out Roman, sell out Shiv, whoever it may be, she will 100% do it. And that's what she Well, does. and Frank is similar, too, because yeah. Frank was pretty much with Kendall. Right. Until the very end, Until like very he, end. he would talk, he would talk to Kendall on the side, but then tell Logan what was going on. Yeah, Frank's role is interesting, just because the yeah. fact that he gets fired and they bring him back. Uh, I mean, even at the beginning of season three, uh, Logan says, "You're coming with me because I can't trust you." <laughs> yeah, well, they even like at one point in season three, they ask like what's been going on Frank was like I can't keep up with how many times I've been fired <laughs> exactly so I, I, I was going to mention Frank Jerry and Carl they're like cockroaches yeah. when the nuclear when the, when the nuclear war happens they'll still be around they'll still be around somehow or another they will find a way to survive and, and Jerry yeah. more so probably than any of the yeah. other three of the other let's, two let's talk about the end of season two because we could talk we, we could talk about this forever and we need to Oh yes, we could. All right, so you, uh, at the end of season two, the, we get to, they go to this yacht in the, in the season finale, and Con- Roman. We haven't discussed this. Roman has been in Turkey, avoiding a a, 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 a hostage crisis that he was involved in because some uh, terrorists took him hostage. Uh, but he actually ends up working out a deal. But it, as he goes to the yacht, and this is when he, when Logan starts to really take. Roman more seriously because Roman says, you know, we got the deal done and Danny Houston's character, I can't remember what his name is, uh, the banker. Um, but Danny Houston's character says, you know, it's a, it's a deal. We got it. You, you don't have to worry about this. We're on private. And Roman's like, you know what? It, it's not real. It, it, you know, the, we worked it out, but I don't think it's real, Dad. Uh, and that's when that's when Logan says it starts to take his son more seriously. And that kind of leads into season uh, three and their relationship between those two. But they're trying to work out who's going to take the fall or who's going to be the guy that ends up getting the brunt of this whole thing. And Logan initially says, I'll do it. And they're like, oh, no, I don't think. Do you think he meant it when he first said that? Absolutely not. Okay, he, was, he would never take a fall. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't believe it either. So it becomes who's it going to be? And they're all just kind of, you know, they're all kind of sheepishly saying, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do it. But, you know, what about Jerry? What about Tom? What about uh, what about Greg? Or is, as Roman said, uh, like uh, Tom with a Greg dressing or something like that. He said, he said a Tom Sunday with some with some Greg sprinkles. There we go. Greg sprinkles. I can't remember what, what it was. Uh, so, you know, you have all these things going on, but one of the greatest things I liked about this, so they're in, they're on this yacht, they're trying to determine who's going to jail, basically. Yeah. And, and Connor comes up to his dad and is like, because his uh, girlfriend's 
play has bombed and he's in he's in the hole and he just kind of sidles up to to to, to logan and says you know dad i'm, I'm kind of cash strapped right now i could use a hundred mil <laughs> yeah, yeah just a hundred just a hundred million like it's so interesting because logan doesn't just like completely blow him off like yeah we'll talk yeah. about it so i mean that was just one of the great lines it's one of the things i love about connor because connor kind of starts to pick up a little bit there towards the end of season two as well yeah uh but eventually they determine that shiv talks logan into putting Kendall on the chopping block. And did you think Kendall was going to do it until let me ask you, let me put it this way. I thought Kendall was actually going to take the fall. I thought he was going to take the fall until he said, you don't have the killer instinct. Did you get that same impression? Yeah, I did too. Yep. Uh, Because, you know, like you said, his dad has him, he knows what he has on him. Right. So I I thought, okay, well he's going to take, he's going to take the fall. But once he said killer instinct, you don't have, you're not a killer it, it kind of felt to me like Kendall said, okay, if I need to be a killer, then I'll be a killer. And he goes to kill his dad. I mean, that's kind yeah. of the, the, the thing I thought about that was that's when he made that decision. He knew because Greg had entrusted it to him earlier that he had these documents. And so he knows where he can go get some information, things that might just put his dad out to dry. And that's when he just makes that decision is after his dad tells him, you're not a killer. Uh, but yeah, the, what were your thoughts? Because you watched this in real time. Um, yeah. How? Because like my jaw dropped when he did that at uh, the press conference. Was it the same for you? Same thing. It was, and it was like I remember. You know, there are shows that you want to immediately get on Twitter right after the finale, and that was one of them because you're like, "Holy cow!" Right. And then also in this same episode, that's when Tom tells Shiv he doesn't love her. Yes. And then he is a different person, including. <laughs> Just grabbing Logan's chicken yeah. oh, and yeah. eating it out of off his plate. <laughs> that was awesome. Yes, I, I, I almost forgot. Was, you Logan, Logan says, he ate my chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was, it was one of the better moments of the entire series when yeah. he did that. Because what, what it's this heartbreaking moment ahead of it because they're on that boat and Tom is talking to Shiv and he says, you know, I don't know if my sadness is greater if the sadness I have when I'm with you is greater than the sadness I would have without you. And, you know, it's that difficult part, you know, just the crap that he's been put through with Shiv. And it's really, when you really start to feel for Tom, and I think you, it's not just that Tom's kind of, Tom and Greg are the funny guys anymore. It's, you know, now we have a really sympathetic character in Tom and kind of a guy that we might kind of be rooting for at this point. But yeah, when he broke, when he gets back to the boat, he just takes chicken and starts eating and like, and Logan was just, dumbfounded like who is who is this guy to eat my chicken <laughs> right and this was so when this happened when and this was in 2019 this was in the yeah. fall of 2019 and then this and then the show started winning all the awards right so everyone who's watching the show was so excited and then we got word oh man they're gonna start filming in right. february and march of 2020 yeah and then it all and, went yeah then it, so then we had to wait to you know the end of 2021 to get it. But yeah, this was really succession was on such a high at the end of season two, because they had that, that drop, you know, the bombshell right. episode, really the, but all the season finales have had that, but this one, this was when everybody was getting on board and uh, they were on such a high, which they've continued on. But yeah, I, I was just in shock, but I when when you saw Greg, you were like, "What? Why is Greg with him?" Right, and then you were like, "Oh, oh yeah. now I know why." Yeah, you, you found out real quick there because, like, you're right because he sends Greg just kind of to escort him, make sure he doesn't do anything 
like kill himself or anything yeah, like yeah. that. That's the reason he's there. I mean, it's kind of the second. It's the second time that Greg's kind of been put in that responsibility. Yeah. One at the bachelor party, and now this. Uh, but you know, Kendall, like I said, he has good instincts. It, you know, he has good instincts to know that you know what. Here's an opportunity for me to possibly seize the control of the company again for my father. Uh, and he does. He takes that. He, he he drops that bomb on him at the, the press conference. And it leads us into season three, and that's where we kind of and. Just, you see Logan kind of small. Yeah. It's almost like I hate him, but I'm kind of proud of him. Yeah. Yeah. So that takes us into season three, uh, season three. It starts off and Logan is just fuming. I mean, he he doesn't know what move to make. Uh, he gets all of his family together and he starts sending people to different parts of the country. And he himself and his, a few other, other advisors, Tom, one of them, goes to Sarajevo. I mean, it's like, yeah. and the ship points out, you know, what do all these, because he had like six planes ready to go to go to different other parts of the world. And like the ship said, what do all these countries have in common? They don't have extradition agreements with the United <laughs> yeah, States. Yeah. So it's very clear where his head is at at this point. But what's also interesting at this point, because he's now broken up with Ray Jarrell. She's not going to be his CEO. She's not going to be his side girlfriend or whatever. They bring his wife back in, Marsha. We haven't even talked about Marsha yet. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, again, relationships are transactional. So she's coming back to not be the estranged wife because that looks bad. You can't have an estranged wife at this point. So they bring her back in, but it's like, all right, so this is how you're going to help me financially. You're going to increase my portfolio. (laughs) And that's how I will come back in. And it's just this weird, like I said, having relationships like this is just one of the interesting parts of this because it's just something that most of us just can't even imagine. That was a really great scene with Marsha and the uh, and 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 Hugo and I guess it was Frank and Carl yeah, when she was negotiating and like like you said she wanted to, her portfolio and her to take care of her children and grandchildren right. and she kept saying he embarrassed me right mm-hmm. I need to be paid for his embarrassment right. and, and I was like wow and so they get that worked out that she leaves it to the lawyers at that point she goes back and then she starts to be her his husband again. I mean yeah. it's it's like okay you 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 did me, you did me good financially so we're good now. So yeah. we'll, we'll forget about the affair, we'll forget about all that stuff as long as you take care of me financially we're good. Uh but it's interesting as well when they did this uh this scene when they're after he's had the press conference after uh Kendall's had the press conference he gets in the van, Greg joins him, and Carolina joins him. And they're talking, and they're doing all this stuff. And at some point, I don't remember exactly how it happens, but it occurs to him in the course of this conversation that Carolina might not actually be with him. Yeah. Uh, and so he asks her that, and she, she's, she can't confirm it. She, she can't really 100% get behind him, so she's like, get out of the car. And that, yeah. just her getting out of that car like makes huge headlines across the world. So... Carolina actually starts taking on a bigger role in this in this episode yeah. in this season as well. I thought that was interesting too. Yeah, that was interesting. And this is also where at that point, Kendall, and this is his downfall, he gets extremely cocky. Yes, he does. He and gets he very cocky. Makes horrible decisions one after another after this. Yeah, because at this point he has Again, he's got he, – he thinks he's smarter than he is, and he just cannot get out of his own way. He wants to be seen as this progressive guy who's, you know – there was this stupid line he says once in the, in the season. I don't remember when it was, but he gets out of the van to go to like a uh, – I guess it was that journalism conference or whatever it was, and says, fight the patriarchy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, what are you doing, dude? You are the patriarch. You, you really are, and you've got to understand it. I mean, he, like I said, he, and 
he wants to, you know, uh, I almost expected, you know, it would have been great if they had had a, like a Black Lives Matter because that would have like been so different yeah. from anything that he had done. And was, everybody just would have rolled their eyes so hard at that. Right. Well, he also, he was he was more worried about the Twitter street cred yes. than anything. Good tweet, bad tweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a horrible scene to watch. It really was. And there's a lot of those scenes in this in this yeah. season for him. Uh, but, you know, he ends up getting the lawyer, uh, Lisa, I don't remember what her name was. Uh, but uh, And that was the actress. I, I like her, uh, uh, Santa Lathan, because she's another one that I've seen in a bunch of stuff. And right. I was like, oh, man, she's so good that, you know, I wish her part had been bigger. And she's another one that I wish was in more stuff. Lisa Arthur was the character. Yeah, Lisa Arthur, thank you. And she was good. She was good. Yeah, she was. Uh, but one of the things I liked about because she's one of the few... Uh, African American actresses are active yeah, in the yeah. show, and uh, you know right. that's one of the things I will compliment the show on. You know, uh, shows and TV, uh, t- sh- TV shows and movies. You know, they try to be inclusive. They try to have a diverse cast and all that type of stuff. Diverse cast isn't going to work in this show. I mean, yeah. they're running a very bigoted, racist news right. organization. You can't have like. Uh, if they, you know, because they, if they were trying to do diversity, they might have like cast like Cuba Gooding Jr. as Frank or something right, like that. Right, that just wouldn't right. have worked. Yeah, I mean, so it's like I said, it, they were smart enough to, you know, they when they found an opportunity like with Lisa Arthur, they they got an African American actress for that character. Um, so when they had the few opportunities they had that they've been there, they've done them, but it just doesn't work in this show to do. It. And I think it's like I said, and nobody's giving them grief over that either. And yeah, it's yeah. a smart move. It's the only move really you can make in this type of show. Yeah. And then Kendall makes another huge mistake that we really see hurt him as it goes on, even though he thinks he has the upper hand, he doesn't buy that 40 or $30,000 watch mm-hmm. for Greg. Yeah, because you know he's 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 kind of insinuated to Greg. At least Greg was thought he was insinuating that he was going to buy that watch for him. Yeah, and you know, Kendall, I don't know how rich and wealthy he is, but my, if he doesn't, if he's not a billionaire on his own, he has hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. And the guy who is providing the documents, the only bullets you have in your gun against your dad, you need to take care of him. You should yeah. absolutely be taking care of him, doing whatever it does it takes to keep him happy, and he doesn't do it. And this is the, probably kind of the start of the downfall of their relationship and why he eventually goes back over to Logan Roy's side. And what does Tom tell him, like, immediately? He's like, if you wanted to watch, why didn't you come to me? I'll get you any watch you want. Right, exactly. And, the, you know, Tom says, I'll take care of him, which he's told yeah. him from the beginning. He yeah. is, he's going to take care of him, and that's what he's continuing to do is to take care of him. And then when, when he, when Kendall has that just meltdown with the FBI or with the Justice Department and right. then fires Lisa mm-hmm. Arthur. You were you just were like, oh, this is going to end really badly. Right. It, and it's interesting because after that, because it, it, you, you think it's going to end, end really badly. It probably would have, but at some point, it just, it, it all kind of gets blown over, uh, which we'll get to that in just a little bit. But, um, but yeah, this whole, you know, Kendall as this, you know, he he thinks he is one thing when he is completely something else. And they that show, that television show that he's getting ready to appear on that is just uh, relentlessly killing him. He thinks it's good for him to be on there when it's you know, even when it's they're talking about him, uh, they're just absolutely ruthlessly uh skewering him on that show. He's like, "Oh, this is good for me. This is good for me. I'm in, I'm in I'm in the conversation. No, this is not good for you." It's, yeah. I mean, it's, they're pointing out all your flaws and how crap you are. I mean, that's not good for you, Kendall. He, like I said, he thinks he understands these things, but he really doesn't. And there's so many awkward scenes with him, like you said, the good tweet. And then when he goes to the writer 
writers of that show is like, hey, roast me. Really, really pick me apart. And it's just, it's so pathetic. Just the way he does it. It it just makes you, and this is just, uh, I I hate to use his last name, but this just shows how strong of an actor Jeremy Strong is. That he, you know, not many people can pull that off where you're, you know, you're, you're sympathetic, but you're also just pathetic at the same time. Right. And this team that he has assembled, you know, they're starting to, they, they slowly start to lose respect for him. And it starts from the beginning because at that very first season, when, I'm sorry, first episode of season three, they, you know, he's, they're talking about PR and they're, you know, they're supposed to be the best of the best, these PR people that he's brought in and they're telling him their strategies and he's like interrupting them. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. And like, why did you hire them if you weren't actually going to listen to them? I mean, I, it, he just continues to think he is this intelligent person when it comes to this stuff, and he just isn't. I mean, Comfrey is probably the biggest example of this. I mean, he, she is, seems to be really by his side at the beginning, and probably right around episode six or seven of the season, she is just done with him. Yeah. Well, you find out just how, especially at the party when she was talking to Greg, yeah. you find out how much he's abusing her. Right. Like, he's making her buy all the stuff. And then half of it, he changes his mind. Right. And then asking for receipts. Yes. You're a billionaire. Right. And if you want somebody to work as hard for you, you better just trust him at, at that point. And, he, and yeah. he doesn't. I mean, he is basically his father, and he doesn't yeah. want to admit that. And that's right. and that's one of those uh, – that's what makes, I think, episode eight of this season so great. Because when he has that dinner with his dad, it's like yeah. the first time they've, they've come together. And – Kendall is telling him, I'm a good person. You're, you're just crap and all this type of stuff. And they're going through that. And at this point, Logan starts reminding him, no, you're not. You killed a person. Uh, you know, yeah. You did and that all... hadn't been brought up in a while. It hadn't been. And he's just reminding him. It's also, I think it's this thing to remind us that if you're feeling sympathy for this guy, maybe you shouldn't. I mean, I think they're telling that kind of to the yeah. audience as well. Uh, but w- what else about that scene? Logan... <laughs> thinks he's poisoned him. Yes. Oh, and, and, he, he and so he's a grandson. He's <laughs> a he grandson did. to take poison. I'm like, are we, are we really God. doing this? Because when he yeah. called his grandson and he says, are we really doing this? Is he using his yeah. son to find his grandson to find out if he's being poisoned? Because, I mean, I, that's a really weird game of chicken they were playing. I mean, because they that weren't was... playing with each other. They were just playing with the grandson. <laughs> yeah. And I think Kendall was actually trying to get food for him. Right, he was. Because uh, at that point, he's he's like, I'm done with this family. I just, you know, I just want to be over here. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do anything to cause the problems. But I want to bring up one more scene. It's season three involving Kendall. I think it's the best scene maybe in the show. It's when Kendall and Tom meet at the diner. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because it is incredible because they may be them and, and and Brian Cox are probably the three strongest actors on the show. Yeah, they probably are. And I love that scene because because uh, Tom at this point, you know, he, he's trying to play his angles. He doesn't want to go to prison. It's very obvious yeah. that he doesn't want to go to prison. I don't remember if it was at this point that that Shiv told him, I, I don't want to talk about it. I mean, yeah, yeah, which is a us. really horrible thing to say to your husband who is going, who is volunteering to go to, to jail for, for your father. Uh, you know, and that's just a horrible thing to talk to, tell, to tell him. If, if, if your husband is going to jail and they're doing it basically on a volunteer basis and they want to talk about it, you need to talk about it as much as they absolutely positively want to talk about it. And this was right after, you know, Tom, told greg he would take the fall for him so he doesn't have to go to prison right exactly so there's you know there's a lot weighing on him and then kendall calls him and he he goes and they just have this incredible scene and and, and tom 
has one of maybe there's so many funny lines. Yes. We haven't talked about that there. And there's so many insults, but he is one of the, maybe the best lines where he said, you know, I'll, I'll have to paraphrase it because there's right. profanity, but I've seen, I've seen you get screwed. Kendall's numerous time times after times. Right. I've never once seen your dad get screwed. Exactly. And, and that's such a big part because I mean, despite look, Logan, I think we need to have a listen, have a little quick discussion about Logan and his business ways i think logan is probably was probably very very good at business and had a very good sense for business when he started his company but he is not he's not a chameleon he can't change uh because i mean at the beginning of this entire show you know one of the ways that he wants to continue to get money after uh stewie basically bails out his and one of his really bad decisions is take on that huge loan uh once they have to basically pay it back once the the stock price falls to a certain level uh one of the ways he wants to try to get money coming back is to buy all these local news stations and look it's they will probably always be somewhat profitable because local news will always have a role just because it is local news but it's not the juggernaut that it once was you know 30 years ago you know right uh you know he has all the he makes all these bad decisions because he doesn't understand the media landscape now and you know that's kind of one of the things I think that's so interesting about this show is they are all fighting for a dinosaur is what they're right, fighting for. Right. Uh, yeah. It's just such an interesting thing. Like the, the, they talk so much in this show about how the show is going to, about how the company is, you know, it's in a archaic form of entertainment. I mean, Stuart even talks about, you know, television. Oh yeah. I think they have one of those on in my gym. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's just such an interesting thing, but he has, he doesn't understand the way the business should be working now. And like I said, that's just an interesting dynamic there to say. Well, the least. I think also, and you hear some other, uh, powerful people. I'm not going to say their names, but, uh, they used, they got away using mob tactics. Yes, they did. And mm-hmm. bullying. Yeah. But people have called up with them on money right. and they're not afraid of them anymore. Right. And this is why some of them have been taken out or, or not at, at points taken out and stuff. Right. So, like you said, Logan was on his way to that happening to him. He he wasn't he didn't have the market that he once did. And like you said, he had made some bad decisions, and those loans were going to come up on him. Right, and like I said, it's just a weird, weird dynamic that that this entire show has. To- to be honest with you, completely. Uh, but yeah, so they eventually, they, they work out the shareholder. We finally get the res- resolution of the shareholder meeting in, in this season. Uh, we get to season five, uh, season three, episode five. It's one of my favorites because this is when the shareholder meeting is getting ready to take place. They ha- And this is when Logan has his UTI and he is, but he hasn't taken his medication and he is losing his mind in yes. front of us. Uh, it, and he's making these decisions because they're trying to work out a deal with Sandy. And this is just this really weird, interesting picture because you have Sandy and Sandy because we bring in Hope Davis. Yeah, <laughs> Hope oh, Davis. she was fantastic too. Yeah, she was absolutely fantastic. So they bring in Sandy and Sandy and Stewie. And uh, the daughter of Sandy, which is an interesting thing that you name your daughter after yourself as a yeah. father. Uh, but we'll, that's, the time, that's something for another time. But uh, the elder Sandy is wheelchair bound he kind of almost looks brain dead yeah he had some kind of stroke uh so i mean you got that one guy who's like the most powerful person with all the money because do mentions you know he's the guy with all the yeah. money in this in, this entire thing and logan who is going piss mad as they say throughout the, yeah. the course of the the episode 
he's the other really powerful person. So you have these two elderly, almost out the door uh, actors, uh, characters who are, are on their last legs, and they're the ones with all the power in the situation. It's just this weird picture, to say to say the least. Yeah, it was, and again, Brian Cox showing off. Yes, just you know. I mean, he was out of it, and yes. and, and just uh, there was that almost heartwarming scene where he called Tom's son. Yes, it was. And then, and then <laughs> Tom's he like pops, Papa. He's lost his mind. Yeah, yeah. Tom because Tom's like pops, Papa. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> that was awesome. But yeah, one of my, my the better lines in this episode comes as well because he thinks there's a cat attacking him or something oh, yeah. underneath his chair, and so they're like, "Well, get this. one of the security people says, what do I do?'" And they say, "Well, get the cat." <laughs> I mean, and then. Uh, Kendall is finding out about all this, and when he comes up to uh, confront the family, he starts acting like his dad. He's at this point he yeah. he's got some self assurance because he knows they are screwing up. He is, but I will say this: Kendall has kind of done a good job of getting Stewie and Sandy back to the negotiating table mm-hmm. so they can work out a deal because it's not going to be good for anybody. It's not going to be good for Sandy and Stewie to do what they're about to do. It's not going to be good for Logan for them to just lose the company completely. None of this is good for anybody. So. Kendall's aware that he actually gets them back to the negotiating table, and all of a sudden it's falling through. But uh, Kendall goes up there and just starts, you know, just laying into them, and they they take the fake cat away. And he says, "What is that?" He says, "He says," and, and uh, Roman says, "It's it's a imaginary cat. It's imaginary cat. F off." <laughs> yes, that's just absolutely wonderful. I mean, just that entire sequence. But you know, what I found interesting in this was, you know, Kendall is coming at them guns a blazing, and Shiv and Roman. They don't have anything in defense, so they're just saying, well, you're not welcome here. You're not welcome here. And when, right. when you don't have anything in defense, you, you just kind of say, okay, well, we don't want you here. And that was really telling of the situation at the time. Yeah, it was, and that was um, Roman especially. You could tell that he, he didn't know what to do. Shiv was trying to make the deal, which she ends up doing, right. uh, and then Roman and, and, and Shiv were fighting over that. Uh, and it was interesting, when Shiv made the deal, she, of course, patted herself you know the, yes. the seat uh so but but you know that that's a killer move but it is this was another situation where shiv and shiv and roman you know really embarrass greg and send him off yeah and mm-hmm. th- again th- that backfires later on it does uh, uh, so it's another little scene with greg where you know he gets treated badly by the by these people but um i i like the Shiv making the deal, I thought it was, was was a very good scene, and I love how the intrigue of would Roman go for this? Did he actually say no? Did, right. would, did he mean it? And and then you of course find out that he wouldn't have made this deal. Right. And it's just, it, like you know you you made a point earlier. It was a good deal for them. Yeah. And I, he he can't take a deal. I don't know if it wasn't a, if that Logan wouldn't have taken the deal as much as he wasn't the one to do the deal. He wasn't. That's it. I think that's what it is. I, I think it, because somebody else did it, he won't accept it. I think that's a. I think that's a big part of what what that was. Uh, another interesting part of this season is the president ends up calling in at this point, uh, and you know they're talking about all right, Jerry, you're the, the acting CEO because he's been named interim CEO at this point, and like well, okay, well you talk to him, and she's like, oh, well, I can't talk to them, but Roman, you can you can talk to them, right? And so Roman takes the call, but also at this time Connor is like. Give me the phone. I'll talk to him. Give it yeah. to me. I'll talk to him. Let me talk to him. Because <laughs> he, you know, we've skipped over the whole he wants to be president thing. We haven't even yeah, talked oh, yeah, about that about, yet. Yeah. 
so you know that's an interesting storyline that was going on throughout somewhat of season two, and it kind of cranks back up at this point in season three. Uh, but so uh, Roman ends up talking to the president, and basically the president kind of resigns at this point after this yeah. conversation that he has with Roman. And one of the way things I love about Roman, I haven't even talked about him yet uh, in, this, in this regard anyway, what Kieran Culkin does with him that makes this character so wonderful is the body language. I mean, yes. he's this wiry yes. and just always looks uncomfortable, and it's just this weird body language that he gives off that makes that character work so well because, like, he wants to be this tough guy, and he wants to be taken seriously, but this body language that he gives off just says, I'm just kind of uncomfortable in my own skin, and it's just a, it's just a great performance by him. It really is, and when he sends the uh, picture to his father... Yes, and <laughs> the at episode eight, like yeah. like you said, he slouches down oh, yeah. in this embarrassed pose. That right. is just oh, it's one of the funniest things I've yeah. ever seen. We'll look at that in just a little bit. We'll talk more about that in general. But the next episode is episode six, and they go to this like I don't know political action conference thing. I don't know exactly yeah. what you call it, but the, to basically decide the next president is what they're trying to do. And this is one of the most pivotal scenes because I think at this point Shiv has completely ruled herself out of, of ever getting the company because she will not side with the fascist guy that plays played by Justin Kirk. Yeah, that was that was the scene where you know, and and Logan tells her you won, but right. you could tell he was pissed. Right. It, yeah, could, she, she, she was done at that point. Yeah, and this is where this is where I think Roman solidifies himself at least for an episode or two yeah. as like. Logan's favorite because he does what it takes to sidle up to, uh, to, to, I can't remember what Justin Kirk's character's name was. Uh, uh I can't, I can't either. But, but, uh, but it's very clear that they are portraying him as a fascist, as a racist, a bigot. Uh, and, you know, and Roman just, you know, I hate to use this word because it was a little what got talked about, but it basically kind of seduces him into running and to being the next president. And yeah. it's just that weird energy. But like I said, they're just kind of like toying with each other and they eventually come out and do it. And at this point, Logan is like absolutely thrilled that Roman has convinced him to basically be the next president. Uh, and it just works so well for him. And Shiv is just repulsed by the whole thing because I mean, she still has those liberal roots in her. She still has those democratic roots in her and she can't take this. This, this one may really made me think about this at this point. <laughs> Look, I, I wonder how well the show, because I, I don't know. I personally don't know a lot of people that have watched the show. So you probably know a lot more. What do conservatives think about the show? Are conservatives watching the show? Yeah, they, they like it as well. Do they? Because they yeah, skewer yeah. conservatives in this show, especially this one episode. So I was interested to, to know what kind of people thought about it. Yeah, I, I I think um, they may be, you know, not uh, ignoring some some right. of the the issues, but I I, I think I, I know some pretty conservative people that that really like the show. Okay, I, like to, I mean, I'm very much a middle of the road kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. I, so that's kind of where I fall. So I, I I like it when both sides get skewered. To be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So that was, was kind of when I was watching this. Like they've they've taken shots at the Republicans and stuff like that in in this show. But this is the one they really were 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 hitting it pretty hard on. So I, thought, I was just kind of interesting what uh, you might have thought about that. I, I thought it was also interesting that this was the one time that the Connor for president was sort of taken seriously. Seriously, yeah, it was. I mean, because like Logan was like, I could see it, and like you. you think he was telling the truth yeah i, I think he was i think he, i think yeah. at some point he was thinking because 
I start to think at this point he's kind of realizing that his hold on his business is not as strong as it, he thinks it is. So if he can't be as the, the, the tycoon that he once was, you know, well, well, what would be better? Well, my son is president. That's yeah. a pretty nice little ring to it. So I think that's when he really starts to consider and thinks that that's a really good possibility for him is at yeah. this point in, in uh, his life. And this is also kind of when Connor's role in the family starts to pick up. Because I think when Connor realizes that, hey, my dad's actually considering me for this, is he's like, okay, well, I need to be a little bit more serious in, in this family as well. So Yeah, yeah. But then at this point, uh, we get the birthday party. And this oh, was the okay. most uncomfortable episode yeah. I've had of the entire show was this 40th birthday party uh, that uh, Kendall is throwing for himself. And when we actually get to the point, because basically the, the, the family is continuing to show that they will only do things for each other when it benefits themselves. Because Shiv and... Roman are going to show up because they basically want to talk to Matson, who is running Gojo. Was that the name of the company? Yeah, that was it. Gojo. So, so Gojo, uh, which I still have not quite figured out. I know it's a streaming service. I don't know. I think it's probably like Amazon, if I had to guess. Um, yeah, it must be something like that. But you, again, they don't fully tell us, you know, what, what all, because what all the competition is and right. what they do. Yeah. So they're trying to. They're trying to court him so that they can acquire him to basically bring their business into the 21st century for the most part is what they're trying to do, which is a smart move because they just – they've waited too long, and it becomes very apparent at the end of the season that they waited too long to do this. They should have done it a lot sooner, uh, but it kind of goes back to Logan not understanding the way the world works in the 21st century as opposed to the 20th century. Uh, so, so that's the reason they're going to the birthday party. It's not because they want to celebrate their brother because they want to go and try to move this Matson guy to – to basically sell to them. That's the reason that they're going. But when they show up to this party, they, they enter this pink collar. It's like, when I was sitting there watching, I was like, that kind of looks like a vagina. <laughs> I was like, is, is that what that is? And when they uh, go through it, and they're like, you have been born. It's like, oh, that is what it is. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, Roman, I mean, uh, excuse me, Kendall had some very bizarre things going yes, on did. at that party, uh, one after another. And uh Thank God he didn't perform. Oh, gosh, yes. That would have been worse. Because we we skipped over the whole performance in season two that he gave. Oh, jeez. The rap yeah. performance that he gave. Because that was, that, I was dying laughing when he yeah, broke that out was, that rap yeah. thing. Uh, and that kind of goes into, again, this goes into Kendall not understanding. I mean, it starts from the beginning. Because the very first visual we have of Kendall this entire show is him in the back of that car with those big headphones on listening to Beastie Boys. He wants to be this thing that he is not. And it continues to show itself in this season. But I think at this point it finally hits home that he is not who he thinks that he is. Because at the end of the episode, he's just a puddle of tears, uh, just doesn't understand who he is. I'm not sure if he actually cried, but I mean, he is broken at the end of this episode. Oh, yeah, he is completely broken and what roman does to him like throwing him down uh that was that was just awful awful and i was gonna say i love the way alexander skarsgård plays lucas mattson because he's normally uh like a lot of the roles he's played because he's a huge guy right he's usually really cocky yes but this was a different kind of cocky that we've seen for him this bored cockiness yeah it's like i'm so powerful that i'm, I'm just kind of done with it i'm yeah. that's kind of the way he's playing this and you know it's you know i mean he's like because he, he's talking to, when he's talking to roman about when roman finally gets his way into the treehouse it's only for the cool people as as yeah. kendall constantly tells us uh, but when roman kind of just weasels his way back there and he's like you know you know, is your dad going to die soon? <laughs> like, yeah. uh, like him being alive for a while doesn't really work for me. Uh, so in this deal, so is he is he going to die soon? And Roman's in this weird position of like, 
well, I need to sell this. I need to close this deal, but I, I, I love my dad. Because I think Roman, of all of them, loves his dad the most. Oh, yeah, I, I, do, I think so as well. Uh, so he's in that weird position, like, you know, I need to defend my dad, but uh, I, this guy, obviously, my dad being around is not good for him, so I don't really know where to play this. He, he eventually does figure it out, uh, and he puts himself in a pretty good position in Episode 7, and he does a really good job with this. And he's feeling so powerful, that's when he pushes over uh, Kendall as he's walking out and just, you know, completely embarrasses Kendall at his own birthday party. So he's feeling himself at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I mentioned earlier with, with Shiv, they just, they have to get mm-hmm. the upper hand. There's so much jealousy between those siblings. Right. That when they have the upper hand, they, they have to show off. And, and he was showing off at this point because he had, yeah. you know, he, Kendall's walking away, he pushes him down. And what's so interesting is two episodes later, they're about to join together to try to confront their father. Yeah, so yeah. Things change on a dime in this show so, Absolutely. so fast. Uh, but that takes us into, uh, I guess it was in episode six. I don't remember. I think it was episode six, maybe seven, where they learned that their mother is getting married again. And, you know, this is just, maybe, I think it was episode six that they, they learned that. Uh, but they're, so they're just in complete shock that they're, uh, apparently had been, she had been dating somebody, but she's marrying this other person, uh, which is completely throwing them off. And in episode eight, they're all going to Tuscany uh, for her wedding. And this is where they lay a, a little seed at this point, because when, when Kendall shows up to, uh, I don't know where it is, the, the resort or what, I'm not exactly sure what that was. That they it looked like at. a castle. Almost. It really did. It looked like, like I said, so it's kind of hard to figure out exactly what it, what, to, how to describe it. So let's go with Castle. Uh, she's, he shows up, and his mother pulls him aside and says, uh, you're going to find this itinerary in uh, in your room. And basically it has Kendall completely away from everybody else because Peter, uh, who <laughs> is so, like, uh, it appears like the reason he wants to marry, uh, what's her, what is her name, Caroline, the uh, reason yeah. he wants to marry Caroline is because she was once married to Logan Roy. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that, yes. that's, and that, that's the real love affair, him him for Logan. So, you know, Caroline hates Logan. I mean, she absolutely hates Logan. But it, they established very in this one little scene right here when they want Kendall to basically go away and not be around uh, because he, uh, Logan and Kendall can't be together. They established that as much as she hates Logan, if her new husband-to-be wants her to do something to please Logan, then she'll do it. Even if it means backstabbing her own children, she'll do it. And they laid that little seed in this scene. It's a, something you really don't think that much about, but it obviously plays a big part in, in episode nine. You're right. Uh, I, I didn't even really put that together till till this moment. You, you absolutely nailed it. That that was planted from the get-go. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, she will do this. And so this this whole scene in episode eight is this whole is the like I said this kind of all runs together because I've seen so much this at one time. Is episode eight when Logan meets with Batson? Is that episode eight or is that episode nine? Uh, I think it's at the beginning of nine. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, so uh, it's apparent that when Logan gets there, he needs to meet with Matson because he tweets out this. That's the, it was the tweet that yeah. sent him over the top. That's what it was. So the tweet where he says he's going to Macau and he likes spitting out money in this tweet, uh, this gift that's on there. That's It throws the entire family and the entire company. They're like, what does this mean? What does this mean? What's going on here? Is he backing out of the deal? What is it? And that's when they they send Roman to find out. So he calls him and basically find out at this point he wants uh, a merger of equals. He doesn't want it to be one person owning the other. He wants it to be a merger of equals because his stock is going up. His company's profit margins are going up. And he's going to surpass Waystar very, very quickly. And they so they want to try to get this deal closed. 
And that's when they meet, and that's when that's when Roman sends out the picture, <laughs> thinking yeah. she's, he's sending it to to Jerry, and he ends up sending it to to Logan instead. And this is where I think Logan loses a lot of his confidence in, in Roman. Yeah, it's 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 over for Roman at this point. Right, and at this point, I think this is when he realized because he's lost confidence in Kendall, he's lost confidence in Shiv. Now he's lost confidence in Roman. And he doesn't he's have a sicko. Yeah, <laughs> that's the word he used. You're a, are you a sicko? Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't he doesn't know who to leave it to at this point. And so now they, he's got a problem because he wants to be to have this merger of equals, but it comes apparent in episode nine that's not what Matson wants. Matson wants to now, and he lays out a great case because that's when uh, Logan and Roman go to meet with Matson, and he lays out this case for why. I should buy you, not you buy me. And that, and that's and uh, Logan doesn't seem to be just real thrilled with that. I don't think he was. But at this point, it's like it's his only option left. And we don't know exactly what's going on because that's when he sends Roman, Roman off. Away, and we don't find out what's happening in that meeting. But it's yeah. obvious at that point, things are not going to work well for, for the Roy children. Yeah. So, oh, and I was going to mention, at the end of season, at the end of episode eight, and, and you weren't watching this live, it looks like Kendall does. Yeah, so long, I forgot about that. Yeah, you're correct. So, so th- this was an interesting part because at this point, Kendall does the, I mean, excuse me, Jeremy Strong does this huge profile for Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair. Mm-hmm. And in it, they talk about him being a method actor. And Brian Cox had and, uh, Kieran Culkin insult Jeremy Strong for how method he is right. and how much of a weirdo he is. Other people in the cast anonymously talk about how they can't stand him. Like right. I forgot all the, so when you're reading this, you're like, he may be getting killed off because right. this, like the way Brian Cox was talking about him, uh, you, you wouldn't think this is like something, uh, you would say about someone you're going to work with. Right. And, and Sarah Snook, uh, someone tells a story about her where like multiple times, like he, uh, Jeremy Strong is just so into it. She's like, hey, Kendall, break out of it. We've had enough. Right. Because <laughs> like, I was watching that scene, and now, you know, I was like, wait a minute, is, 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 he, is he dying? What is, what's going on here? And, you know, I just hit the next episode, so that yeah. was kind of nice for me, but I was interested to know. That's, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was interested to know what was the thought about this in real time when people were watching it episode to episode, and, like, you know, uh, it sounds like there was this big discussion about, you know, is he actually dead? Is he is he it, coming back? I mean, if that Vanity Fair article had not come out at the same time, I don't know if that would have happened. Mm-hmm. But like, since it did, everybody was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> but yeah, like I said, I was like, "Is he dead?" So it was nice to have to be able to hit next episode once once I saw that. So, uh, but we found out that no, he's not dead. He's uh, he's obviously going through some stuff, uh, and that's when you know, that's when they go to have the meeting with with Matson. Uh, and that's when it, when they start to kind of realize there's a lot of things going on. I don't remember exactly what else is taking place, but uh, they're calling in uh, Frank. I think Frank and Jerry and uh, Carl. Carl are all making trips to where where uh, Logan was. And this is when it's becoming apparent that they're about to get screwed. Yeah. Uh, and so they start trying to come together. And while this is happening, two waiters with trash bags walk out of a uh, walk out of the ha- castle or whatever it is, and this is when Ken starts to break down. Yeah, he starts to break down. He's he's not doing good, and this is when he admits to to Logan and Shiv that he killed somebody. And <laughs> this is what's just so. I mean, it, it goes kind of goes back to the the whole uh, cruise thing. I mean, 
they're they don't treat people who are not them as real people because like uh uh roman at this point is like well it's you didn't really kill him honestly he has a point you did he didn't really kill him i mean that wasn't the case he, i mean a posi- person in his position with the amount of money he, had, he probably would not have gone to jail i mean i right, honestly right. believe that yeah i agree but they're just kind of like i mean Roman is just basically like putting this off like it's not important. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. It's just a guy. I mean, <laughs> well, well, Roman says he did a terrible job of serving him drinks. Right. So <laughs> exactly. he's the real victim all through this. I mean, yeah, he says, you know, I, I went like an hour or so without without any with being parched and all this type of stuff. So it was that was just an absolutely. I mean, it's it's horrible, but it's hilarious just the way that they are pulling it off. Uh, and so, and Shiv goes to take a call. I don't remember who she took the call from. And like, and Roman's like, "Oh, great, you're leaving me here with emotional stuff." <laughs> like, yeah. but she is obviously not good with. Uh, but they decide to make. They decide to get together, and this is when Kendall uh, reveals that if they're going, if if there's going to be a change in control, if there's going to be a change in control, it has to be approved by. The three of them, because their mother in the divorce agreement worked out that for them. Basically, that was kind of their safety net, the, the thing that she wanted to make sure that her children had in this divorce settlement. And, of course, you know they think they have all the power. And, of course, obviously, we know this. This is when Shiv makes a call to her husband, Tom, and she's basically telling him what's going on. And we think at this point Tom is going to use ATN to break the news. He's using Greg to kind of pull him in and say, we're going to have all this power. And he's like, right. he refers back to that Nero uh, conversation that they had had earlier in the season. Uh, and he says, you want to sell your soul? And Greg's like, well, what's a soul worth anyway? Boo souls. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and we haven't talked about Greg because we, let's go, let's, let's kind of recap a little bit about Greg. So, Greg has basically been the naive guy. He's kind of, but he's always done what he needed to do to, to kind of protect himself. And throughout the course of this thing, he makes a decision to sue Greenpeace because his grandfather has cut him out of his will, <laughs> which is just an interesting position. But what's so interesting is in, C, in episode six at that PAC or whatever it is, political action conference, you know, when all the other conservatives that are there find out that he's suing Greenpeace, they just are like, yes. And they yeah. are like, raising him up on their shoulders and just celebrating Greg for pursuing Greenpeace. Uh, and so they get to the wedding and, you know, he's there with Comfrey because he's kind of started to date her. And, and, you know, uh, at this point, you know, Roman and Shiv and Tom are basically saying, well, why don't you go for that princess over there? And he does. I yes. mean, he is really starting to feel himself. This is when he's starting. You really start to feel like in episode in season four, we're going to get a very different Greg. I think I think you're right. I think uh, we're we're going to see a, a very confident Greg, m- maybe not as naive, but I have a feeling he's going to make a lot of mistakes. Oh yeah, that's kind of the the what I kind of thought here. Because let's go ahead and get to that real quick. Uh, so they get to wherever their dad was, because their dad was somewhere else. And like I said, all this moving around, is, I, yeah. I get I get confused a lot when they when they start moving around. So they're at a different place in in Italy. Uh, his father was it obviously was a long drive because it was very much daytime and very much nighttime by the time they got there. Uh, so they get there and like I said, they think they have all the they think they have all the power. They think they're they're walking into they think they're walking in to execute their father, but their father actually has a shooting uh, squad with them. Uh, uh, so. He, at this point, you know, they're talking about this and he's, you know, they're trying to tell him, you know, you can't do this. We have the, we have the voting rights. We're not going to allow you. We're going to stop this. Uh, And he says at some point, you know, 
it, I'm doing this because it works. And, you know, Kendall asked him, why are you also, why are you doing this? You're just going to put 5 billion back on top of your already mammoth pile. He's like, yes, I am. That's exactly what I'm going to do. And, you know, you know, now he says like, you need to go make your own pile at this point. Uh, and that's when they were trying to tell him that we're not going to let you. And this is when he gets his ex-wife on the phone. And they realize, oh, we are screwed. Our mother has sold us out for this stupid husband of hers. And that's, exa- that's exactly what they do. And we don't know how he's getting wind of this. We don't know how he's done this. But you know Logan is going to be five steps ahead of you. you, you did you think they were actually going to be successful when they were making this trip? No. Yeah, I didn't either. No, because Logan is, like you said, always ahead of them. And I don't think Madsen was ever going to take care of them. He was going to fire them all. Maybe yeah. Roman, he'd keep him around for a little while because right. he did. He did seem to like him, right. but like Kendall and Shiv were were expendable. Yeah, yeah. expendable. Yeah, and then then we find out we, we see that... Logan walk out, and then he taps Tom on the shoulder. Yeah, I just, thank you with that with that nice smile, like. Good, good job, Tom. Yeah. And that is when Shiv's crap that she has shoved on him and the horrible things she has done to her husband, it has come home to roost. And that the entire scene is just absolutely fascinating because, I mean, he walks in, he's like, oh, Shiv, what's wrong? Are you, are you okay? And she's not saying a thing. And so this is where I'm, I just, I just want to know. Because at this point, I don't know where this show goes. Because at, episode, at the end of season one, I knew exactly where the show was I'm not going to say I knew exactly, yeah. but I had a good idea of where the show was going. In the season two, you honestly know where they're going because they got to deal with the, yeah. the, the, the murder, the uh, bear hug. they got to deal with the cruise line Kindle, stuff, yeah. all that type of stuff. So you know where they're going. I don't know where they're going at this point. I, I'm with you. you. You don't know. How do how do Tom and, and Shiv continue on? You know, what happens to the children? Where do they go from here? Right. You know, it's, you're right. We have no idea where this is going and and let's pray they're filming it soon yes <laughs> and you know we also we, we didn't mention this is when you know roman is you know he's at his wits and he doesn't know what to do he goes to jerry who has been guiding him and she's like you know this is not my best it's not my best interest to help and, you and she tells him that at the first episode of season three mm-hmm. and she says you need to be looking out what's in the best interest for you and they, and she says you need to look out what's in the best interest for me. Right. Because if it's not, I'm not going to be with you. And he, she says, you do not want me as an enemy. Right. And she's, in, I don't know that she's necessarily his enemy, but she's not, but he's no longer in a position to help her. Yeah. yeah. And so she can't really help him anymore. And like I said, she's one of the most calculated characters on the entire show. And she is completely calculated at the end of this episode and the yeah. end of the season. Like I said, I don't know where the show's going. I don't know if there's, because it may seem like the, 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 the the company sold it at this point. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, don't know yeah. that they have any moves, so I don't know exactly where they're going to go with this. Uh, I'll, like I said, I'm very fascinated to find out how they move this show forward in uh, episode uh, in season four. And one of the interesting things, because I did a little bit more research on season episode on season three, because uh, I realized I was going to be able to get this finished, so we could talk about it. Uh, one of the best reviews I saw of the season finale was on Den of Geek of all places. Den of Geek does a lot of, you know, they do the comic book yeah, yeah. science fiction stuff. I was surprised to find that they were covering this show. Uh, but one of the interesting things that they point out in this, in, in their review of the season finale of season three, is 
really nothing bad happens because I mean the 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 Roy children if they're not billionaires they are multimillionaires. I mean they will have they have so much wealth that you know their great 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 grandchildren even if they none of them work, ever work a day they will still have money for as long as they could possibly ever hope for. I mean, their wealth that they have is just absolutely phenomenal. Like I said, they have, I don't know if they're actually billionaires, but they're probably pretty close if they're not. Um, So, you know, financially they're set. Uh, They they, they lost the company, but, you know, you move on. You you kind of think that. But they point out at at one point in, in season two, episode one, when they're talking about should they sell or should they try to fight the bear hug, uh, Connor even mentions this. He says, uh, you know, because, you know, I think they said they'd each get like $10 billion if they sold or something like that. And he says, you know, t- money's great, but, you know, they have so much money that money's not important anymore. It, it yeah. means nothing. I mean, money's just money. I mean, we even talked about, you know, Kendall, you know, shoplifting so he could have just a little bit of power and all this type of stuff. Right. Uh, there's just so much we talked about with this entire show. But, uh, I know. But, uh, you know, so that's the thing that that is what is breaking them. This is why you are. Uh, these are three horrible people that are standing in front of you that we're watching and we are heartbroken for them. And another thing they mentioned is because they mentioned a scene in community where I, I think it was Jeff uh, who there's a scene where he says, you know, I have a pencil. And he said, this pencil means nothing to you. If I break it, it won't mean anything. But if I say this pencil is Steve. It will now mean something to you, and if I break it, you're heartbroken. Because we, even though these are horrible people, we still have gotten to know them. We still have we still have a relationship with them as viewers. So even though they're absolutely terrible, terrible, terrible people, we're still heartbroken for these three kids because even though they have millions upon millions upon millions of dollars, what they have built their entire lives around, eventually taking over this company from their father, that dream is gone now. Yeah. Well, we think. Yeah, we think. Yeah, we think. I, I and and, uh, and I'm happy to hear that they have it planned out for five seasons, which sounds perfect. Yeah, it does. I'm glad they're not going. This this show shouldn't go like seven or eight. It no, no. So, and honestly, I mean, you know, yeah, kind of got to think about. Well, excuse me, got to think about Brian Cox at this point. You know, he's 75 years old. It's not. Yeah, it's right. Not, it's not. I mean, obviously, people live a lot longer than that nowadays, but still, you know, it's. Uh, it's not you know it's harder to do these types of shows just consistently being at that age. Yeah. Right, are there anything nitpicks you want to talk about real quick before we get into awards? Um. Well, we mentioned you know Alan Ruck is a lot yes. older. Yeah, he's yeah. ten years younger than his father. I mean, yeah, technically. Yeah, and yeah. I told you this. I don't remember when I told you this, or if it was on via text or not. But uh, uh, Matthew Broderick, who he was obviously a co-star with in yeah. uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, has, uh, there was an interview that they did when they were covering the show, and Matthew Broderick said Alan Ruck has played a fifty-five-year-old throughout the entire <laughs> course of his career. So yeah. I mean, playing a fifty-five-year-old in this show was no big deal for him. But yeah, yeah. It, uh, the age breakdown is I know. Uh, Brian Cox is 75, even though he plays an 80-year-old. Uh, Alan Ruck is 55 in the show, even though he plays a 65-year-old. I'm sorry, he's 65, but he plays a 55-year-old. Uh, Jeremy Strong is 43, turning 40. We don't exactly know the other two kids' ages, but uh, in all likelihood, Roman is probably mid-30s and... Uh, yeah. Lit, she Shib is probably, Shib a little bit older. Well, I, she's actually younger. Oh, I thought she was yeah. still... Okay, I thought yeah, she's Roman the youngest. She probably okay. she's probably young, uh, early thirties. Okay, okay. Uh, some other nitpicks. Uh, I'm trying to think. There was. A, I would say you know we mentioned this. The some of the business stuff is so hard to keep up with. Yeah. But it, it doesn't take away from me for some reason on this show. It doesn't me either. One one nitpick I do have is 
they really there are times when they want us to really you think that Logan's health is a serious concern, but that he just recovers from it so well. Yeah, like, he like, does. Yeah, I'm like you, if you're 80 years old, you don't recover from some of the stuff that he recovers right. from as well as he does. So, very good point. Uh, those are kind of significant. I don't really have any others though, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. It's uh, it's it's an incredible show. Yeah, it really is. Like I said, it's fascinating. It's compelling. It's just uh, you know you're just absolutely drawn to this once you once you start watching it. Yeah. All, right, all right, so we're ready to do some awards? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. All right, so up first, our, we're doing this for all three seasons. We're not doing season by season because that we, we don't want to be here any longer than we already are. Guys, let's say we've been talking a while. Uh, so uh, the Rachel, which is the star of the show. So who has been your uh, – these are all based on Friends, if you're new to the show. Uh, these are all based on the six characters from Friends. Uh, so up first, we have the Rachel, who is basically the star, the person who shines the most in seasons one through three of Succession. So you know me, I can I like to sometimes do some co people yes. on the on the awards. Uh I went with Kendall, Shiv, and Roman. Okay. All three of them are so strong as care as actors. It would not work as a show if if those three weren't as good as they are. Okay. Okay. So okay. I, I I think the three of them really because how good of actors they are, they they really lead the show and, and really have broken out. Yeah, I, I didn't do a co here. I do want co in one of my awards, but this is not the one that I, I went with Jeremy Strong as Kendall Roy. Uh honestly I was th- I was debating between him and Logan, uh Brian Cox because I wasn't really sure. I I felt like I was going one one way or the other. I'll end up going with Logan in another role, but uh this is where I go with Kendall uh as Jer- Jeremy Strong as Kendall because it, his is probably of the children especially at the beginning, his is probably the most important because I think he has the hardest role in this because he, he has to be he has to be confident yet yet bad. I mean, it's just a weird he he has a weird role he has to play on this entire show and I think it's the hardest role that he has to play. So that's the reason I ended up going with Jeremy Strong as Kendall Roy. All right, you're Joey, the person who you just love. It's it's not it's not the star of the show, but it's one of your favorite characters. Who is your Joey? Well, it's Cousin Greg. Okay, I go with Cousin Greg somewhere else, but, uh, but go ahead and tell us why you went with Cousin Greg here. Every time I see Cousin Greg, I'm excited. Yeah. I, I just can't wait to see what Cousin Greg is up to next. Yeah, because and just the way Nicholas Braun it does yeah. that character is just really, really good. I, like I, said, I do worry about Nicholas Braun's his careers because like, when, we talk about, when you hear people talk about this show, they don't talk about... Nicholas Braun, they talk about Cousin Greg. And like, yeah, so yeah. I'm a little worried that he's going to be too attached to this role for him to do much else afterwards, but you know, I, I'm hopeful for him. Uh, I ended up going with Alan Ruck as Connor, uh, just because, I, I mean, just the things that he does, like, I mean, like we mentioned the 100 mil on on, on the yacht, uh, just, you know, spontaneously uh, proposing to, to Willa uh, at the wedding, uh, just, I mean, wanting to run for president because he thought he bested Gil when Gil just didn't really want to have anything to do with him i mean just when he's on screen i just absolutely love connor i mean yeah i'm, I'm a con head i will, I will say that <laughs> yeah uh, so that's the reason i ended up going with uh alan ruck as the joey all right uh the chandler that is the person who made you laugh and there's there's some candidates for this one so who is the person that you went with your chandler this is where i went with connor roy he okay. makes me laugh more than anyone uh his fist bump during congress <laughs> or, or it's like so yes. his tiger wood celebration uh, oh. i mean he just he has so many lines you know i almost wanted to start writing some down uh, I, like i said i mentioned the one about 
dude, ask them where they were for 9-11. Right. Uh, you know, just one after another. Uh, you know, Alan Ruck, I think they, they didn't realize, even with him, even though he's been around a long time and played some very funny parts. Uh, remember, he was very funny in Speed. He was yes. like the obnoxious guy, but I don't think they realized how good they had with him. Like you said, they've built him up. He, he is hilarious. Yeah, I love the line at the end of, uh, I guess, episode uh, nine for him when he says, I'm the eldest son. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, finally, I'm going I'm, you know to put myself in this conversation. All right, uh, so my Chandler, I, this is where I went coat. I went Nicholas Braun as Greg and Matthew McFadden, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, uh, as Tom, because I think they just go together. Uh, yeah. I mean, they and when they are on screen together, it is always wonderful. It is just always wonderful. I, I nearly went with them as the Joey as Co, but I said, well, since I picked Co as Rachel, I better not do that. <laughs> well, you could have. It would have been fine. And they, their chemistry together is just yes. off the charts. And, I, and I've kind of read some articles of both of them because they said, uh, I I believe it was Matthew McFadden said that uh, they they get the giggles quite a bit. Right. I'm sure they do. We haven't even mentioned Tom's last name. Uh, Wamsgan. Is that how it's pronounced? Tom Wamsgan. So, all right. The Phoebe, that is the character that's a little bit hard to figure out. The uh, one that's kind of, kind of weird, just a weird character. uh, Like Phoebe was in Friends. So who was your Phoebe? I went with Jerry. Oh, okay, Jerry, I like that. Uh, because, uh, you know, we don't know what the, the real relationship with with uh, with Roman is. Right. And then also, you don't ever underestimate Jerry. Right. You don't You don't ever want to underestimate her because she, she's, she's, she, is, she has learned from Logan to always plan ahead. Uh, my Phoebe was Kieran Culkin. Uh, this is where I went with him as Roman Roy just because, I mean, just the, the body movements and the just the weird way. I mean, I mean we haven't even talked about, you know, his with him and his girlfriend, the relationship he yeah. has with Jerry. I mean, just it's just all weird. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, you know, good for good for Kieran Culkin from going from the kid who peed in the bed uh, in Home Alone to to getting this. So uh, proud of you, Kieran Culkin. Uh, but, yeah, uh, really. He, he's he is just this odd odd character in, in the show. All right, your Monica. This is a person who drives the story. Uh, they have a the show just does not work without them. Even though that it could be the most important character, it could not be the most important character. But they just have a, such a pivotal role to play. Who was your Monica? This is where I went with Tom. Okay, because he really does. If you really look at things, right? He he drives the story. And also, I will mention one other thing about Tom. You mentioned that everyone is so mean to him, especially all the siblings. Right, and he is still. Besides Greg, he is nice to everyone. Yes. He does mm-hmm. not in in public or in the in the work environment. He never he never acts up. He always tries to find a way to get it right. with, with uh, Logan, and uh, he's man just an incredible character and an incredible actor. Yes, I, I completely agree. I went with Brian Cox as Logan Roy because I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, this show doesn't work without yeah. without Brian Cox being who he is, but without Logan Roy being who he is, and Brian Cox is just so perfect for this role. Just the anger yes. that he that he brings to it, the the fierce, uh, the tenacity. I mean, just I mean, absolutely. Like to be able to sell basically because I mean, there are so many times when. They're like, especially when they're getting ready to close the deal with Sandy, Sandy and Stewie, uh, you know, you just feel like his, his ego will not let him take the best road for them. And he just wants to win. He says that all the time. I am going to win. I'm going to win. Uh, and that just drives him so much. And he's just so very, very good at it. 
All right, uh, you're Ross, your least favorite character, and this could be because they're just a bad character and they're not acting well, or it could just because they're doing their job. So who is your Ross? I went with Brian Cox as Logan. Yeah, there are so many. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of candidates for for the, for the yeah. Ross on this one. Huh. Especially also when you find out the stuff he's done to his children. He put the boys in cages. Yes. He never did anything. You kind of find out, which I'm surprised didn't come up more, that Connor did more things with with the, the boys, taking right. them camping, taking them fishing. Right. Like, he did nothing. He And he, he emotionally and mentally abused them, and you see how much – uh, Ro- Roman and and Kendall are affected by the damage, and Brian Cox just incredible. Uh, his role kind of reminds me. Did you watch Deadwood? No, I did not. Okay, Ian McShane uh, is who I think is a very good friends of Brian Cox. Okay, who was like him and Timothy Olyphant are the leads of that, but he plays a similar character to Logan in that. That okay. that's just and he uses a lot of profanity as well. <laughs> and so, uh, but like. Just, just a monster, but he always kind of has like a plan. Right. Uh, my, my Ross, I actually went here as well. I went with uh, Dame Harriet Walter as Caroline Collingwood because she is absolutely, she's a horrible mother. I mean, horrible, a horrible, horrible mother. Like I said, we think Logan is a bad father. He is. He's a terrible father. But, you know, she's running, she's running for worst parent ever. I mean, they just, it's amazing that her, their children aren't even any worse off than they are. Well, she has a great line where, you know, um, Shiv is telling her that she was a terrible mother, and she's like, well, you were a terrible daughter. Exactly. I mean, that was, I think, in episode eight, I think, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Uh, I, I went to this code because I want to put Shiv in here as well, just because I hate the way that she treats Tom. I just, yeah. I mean, it is such a turn. I mean, she, for the most part, she's a kind of a likable character, but when she starts interacting with Tom and the crappy way that she treats him, and Tom is just... He is doing everything he can to get in her good graces and to get into the family's good graces and, you know, like I said, willing to go to jail for her father. Just all these things that he's willing to do, and she just is awful to him. I mean, just absolutely awful. I mean, when he is trying to, you know, when they're trying to, you know, reconcile at the end of season two, you know, uh, you know, and kind of get past some of the things that have happened, you know, her solution is let's have a threesome. I mean, that's yeah, I mean, like, yeah. how, how is, how do you think that is helping? So, I mean, it's just like, I said, she's not a, that bad of character, but just the way she treats Tom is just absolutely awful. And yeah. it comes back to haunt her at the end of season three. Yep. All right, so let's go ahead and give our rating. If you're new to the show, we have a rating system here on the Main Attraction Podcast. If it is the best of the best, we give it a Game of Thrones. If it is a really good show, but not quite up to that same standard, we give it a Lost. Uh, middle of the road is Friends. Uh, just below Friends is a Full House. And at the bottom of our ranking system, only if you're desperate, is a Baywatch. So I'm pretty sure I know where we're both going to go with this, but where is the first three seasons of Succession for you on our rating system? This is a Game of Thrones, and this is probably better than Game of Thrones. <laughs> this is a Game of Thrones, and here's the thing. It is, I, I meant to mention this much earlier in the podcast, like when we first started. It's literally a Game of Thrones because yeah, yeah, it, is, it yeah. is. I mean, if you had told me, you know, like we're getting the prequel to Game of Thrones later on this year. I think the, yeah. there's rumors that's coming out in August, uh, uh, House of Dragon. But if you had told me that the Roys were somehow like – distant uh, descendants of yeah. the Lannisters, 
I would believe because this is all. I mean, we have replaced the the Iron Throne for the CEO of Waystar Royco. Uh, with all the magic and dragons has been replaced by boardrooms and uh, conference calls and. It is, I mean, because what made Game of Thrones so great, and the reason why people watched it that would not normally watch a show like that is because just the the desperation that people will do to get power when they get a taste of it, when they will seek after it. I mean, like, if they really want to go the whole real, like, parallel to Game of Thrones, they're going to make Greg win this because that's yeah. because Braun yeah. won it. And they'll, they'll make right, Greg win right. it. Uh, that, that, that would be, like, the ultimate, like, Game of Thrones parallel. Uh, because this is, like I said, it's literally a Game of Thrones. Not only is it yeah. a Game of Thrones in our rating system, but what uh, give HBO credit. I don't know if it's what they were trying to do, but the things that made Game of Thrones so good is what makes this show so good. That thirst for power, that the inhumane things people will do when they're trying to seek that power and assess it. It's just, like I said, they're, they are one in the same. Yeah, and I was going to say, um, so the Sopranos gave the baton to Game of Thrones as the top HBO show and Game of Thrones has passed the baton to Succession because this this is the the new top HBO show for a while. Yeah, it's going to be in probably until they go off there. I'll be yeah. interested. Oh, yeah. I'll be interested to see how House of Dragon does. Uh, just if that captures the attention of America the way Game of Thrones originally did. Uh, but that's we still got a few months until we get yeah. that point. So. Alright, so the glitch in this show was basically we got cut off during my recommendations for the show. And honestly, since we did recommendations in the Sunday episode when we did The Tourist, there's no real reason to put any of the recommendations back in here because it's the same stuff that we recommended when we recommended uh, all the Oscar stuff. So that's the reason we did that. Obviously, we were recording when the whole Will Smith and Chris Rock thing broke. Unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to comment on that. I'm not going to go into it right now, especially because if I don't have Ryan with me. But I just want to let you guys know that that is the reason why it does that's where it did cut off and that's where uh, a little bit of a glitch but we were excited that we did get to share this episode with you we enjoyed doing it it was one probably our our favorite podcast that we've done up until this point so like i said we're really glad that you guys got to listen to it as well now on next week's show, uh, we are still doing Moon Night. That was always the plan. That was that's not changing. So our uh, our Sunday night episode will be Moon Night. Make sure you watch the first episode when it airs uh, on Wednesday, uh, or basically as you're listening to this uh, Wednesday morning or the previous morning if you're listening on Thursday. And we will also be doing Coda since it won the Best Picture, uh, the Oscar for Best Picture. Uh, we had originally planned to do whatever pick, whatever film won Best Picture, and Coda did indeed win that this past sunday so we will be covering coda as well so if you have apple tv plus go check out coda and if you don't have apple tv plus definitely go get it because i've heard a lot of great things about it i'm sure it's going to be a wonderful movie so all right guys we appreciate you guys tuning in and as always until next time may all of your entertainment dreams come true